This episode of the podcast is brought to you by CBDmedic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a big fan of this product because I'm getting older and I have a lot of aches and pains. It gets very hard to sleep at night because of these aches and pains. I'm just getting older and so are you. We just can't face it. You get older every day, every second. You're a second older or a day older, okay? Listen, this is how I deal with this, okay? I, I have a lot of problems sleeping. My back needs to get cracked every single night. Nerd it. It's got to stand on it, push down, get the little bumps out. And I still have trouble sleeping. I just got these aches, these lingering aches all over my body sometimes. And my friends at CBD Medic heard about this, and they sent me some nice products in the mail. I was skeptical at first because I only take CBD orally, and that makes me feel good about the anxiety and things like that that I deal with. But I never had anything for the aches and pains. This changed my life. I got some of these oils in the mail, rubbed them on the troublesome spots. A couple of minutes went by, I didn't feel anything. All of a sudden, boom, it hit me out of nowhere, and all of a sudden I felt amazing. I was able to just do things longer. I was able to get up, sleep longer, get around the house better. Just felt a little swifter, you know? I felt a little lighter on my feet, as if CBD gave me a pair of fucking wings on my back that I could just fly around the house and do shit, because it's really good, and it lasts a very long time. You don't even have to apply much. Just a little bit, maybe like a little teaspoon. You just rub it on your arm or your leg or wherever the pain is, and it really helps. It really does. It helps you calm down, helps you relax. This gives you a whole new lease on life. No matter how young or old you are, if you've got any kind of pain, if you're an athlete, a young kid in high school or whatever, and, you know, you, you come home from a hard practice, you got a little shoulder pain, rub this in your shoulder. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's no THC in it. It's not going to make you fail a drug test by getting in your pores, into your skin. It's all natural. And I highly recommend it, ladies and gentlemen. Please, we have a special gift for you guys if you're skeptical. You can save some money on this product. We have a special code, VOMPODCAST10. You can use that at checkout at cbdmedic.com, no matter how much you spend, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. And you should use that stimulus money to buy something other than fucking footlocker shoes, okay? Go ahead, use this code. This will change your life. VOMPODCAST10 at cbdmedic.com and buy some product and tell them the nerds sent you. Thank you. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at podbean.com. Yes, they've been taking care of us for a very long time, about 18 months now we've been doing the podcast, and we've never once strayed from Podbean because they treat us like royalty, and we love them. They love us. The thing about Podbean is you get unlimited bandwidth for a very low price every single month. You can do a year for what's like $100, a whole year of unlimited podcasting hosting and support. They also have virtual classes. They, they give you the tools to make very cool live shows that we're going to be doing again soon. And it's very simple, user-friendly. Any moron can do it. Hell, we have a goddamn website now, and everything is phenomenal. You can go to voicesofmisery.podbean.com and check it out for yourself. Listen to our show. Subscribe. Hit the like button. You can do anything on these websites. You can customize the colors. You can do anything you want. You can have freedom of speech, which is something that we're losing in America every single day, it seems like. You're getting canceled left and right, but Podbean promises they will never cancel anybody. You have a free voice. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say. And if you're an aspiring podcaster, now's the time. We're all in the house more than ever. There's more time to listen. There's more time to produce, more time to put out shows. And you can put out your own. But I do implore you to use our code because you will get some special perks and benefits from the Voices of Misery podcast and podbean.com. Go to podbean.com slash vompodcast10. Original, right? Vompodcast10. Didn't we just talk about that? Vompodcast10. The website, once again, is podbean.com slash vompodcast10. Use that, set up your account, and start podcasting. There is a no risk to this at all. Basically, what you have to do is set it up at podbean.com slash vompodcast10. And you get five free hours of podcasting. So if you do a half-hour show, 
you get quite a bit of shows you can put up there. You go ahead and do the math there, you fucking geniuses. You can do that, and Podbean will give you five free hours, see if you like it. If you And if you like it, once you hit your five free hours, it will ask you if you want to do more. And then you start putting in a little bit of money. Go monthly, go quarterly, and go yearly. I, I would go with the yearly pass if you're really serious about your podcast, because you save money that way. I can't say enough good things about Podbean. We love them, and we love you guys. That's why we're giving you all these great products like CBD Medic and Podbean. Plus, there will be another sponsor coming on in early July, so stay tuned for that one. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. While the storm clouds gather far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be. So fair as we raise our voices, voices in a solemn prayer. God bless America. With the light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam, God bless America, my home, sweet home, God bless America. Welcome, everyone, to the Self-Evident Truths podcast. Um, I'm your co-host, Bonnie Renee, and I am joined by the lovely nerd. Oh, my goodness. I feel so nice. But you are the host. I'm I'm, I'm just a schmuck <laughs> in the side here. The You're smuck? The really? <laughs> the one that knows all this stuff. I don't know anything. I just spout shit off the top of my head. You know all the facts. You're the smart one. No, you're you're smarter than I am. I just I am along for the ride, and I just act like I'm smarter than I am. You're just way too nice. That's your problem. You're way too nice. And I do appreciate you starting off the show because it because it's it's just really nice because you know we were talking about doing this thing for a while, and the first one got really good reception. We did go way too long because like we're we're just two people that have way too many opinions, and it's just so fun to get to talk to my friend here once a week and. It's very hard to stop when you're having a good time. We were just talking before we went on the air here how when you have a good conversation, it's just really hard to stop. And I'm really happy that you're back here again this week. You had such a good time last week doing the show with me. And, you know, I'm just glad you came back to do it again. So I thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, this is a fun venture that we're going on to. And, you know, we'll see where it takes us. You know what? If we get on like Fox News or dare I even say CNN or one of those weird channels out there that we both hate, 
it would be really cool just to get out there and let our voices be heard by the masses, you know, and we're here on a much smaller scale doing a podcast, but I have a good time doing this kind of thing. And, and, and I appreciate you for just coming on the show and just letting me vent because <laughs> I love venting about politics and religion and all these other things that a lot of people don't want to talk about. So, you know, I'm your huckleberry on this show and I appreciate you. I really do. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? Politics, and I don't know when this happened. It happened last year, but somehow I have a passion for it. Like I can talk about, I can talk about social issues, cultural, you know, whatever. I just, I love chatting up, you know, about life. I think that comes with age because when I was younger, I remember being like in high school and that was when I first started kind of, you know, looking at things around me and questioning things. Because before then, you're, you're you're kind of molded and told what to what to do and what to think by the people that have had the life experience before you. And then once your brain starts functioning and forming a little bit, you know, like they say 24, 25 years old is when the frontal cortex fully develops. You become the person you're going to be for the rest of your life. You start getting those thoughts in your head. And that's when I started questioning things. And really, over the past couple of years now, I'd say uh, Trump's probably second close to second and a half year, like between two and two and a half years, him being a president, it was when I really started coming around on him. And now I question everything and I don't believe a goddamn thing I see on TV. I don't believe much of what people tell me and I kind of form my own opinion. And it's, it's really nice to talk to like-minded people. And as far as the political side of it all, I tend to personally like think of like the inner psychology of why things are the way they are, because I do question everything and I want to know why people are the way they are. And I don't really get into the like like the political pundit points that you hear where people are just throwing facts and numbers at you nonstop all day, even though I do tend to do that sometimes. But I do like getting into the more like psychological aspect of it. So we'll be exploring that as the show goes on and we do more episodes and kind of hit our groove here. But I think it's great, man, that we're doing this. I'm really happy and I'm excited to see where this thing goes. And I got a lot of stuff to talk about. But at first, before we get into that, I do want to ask you, like, how's your week been? What have you been up to since we last talked? Um, Nothing much. My sister did come here from Kansas. And I haven't seen her in two years. Mm. Um, and so that's been fun having her here. So just been spending every minute I can with her because... She was living for like four years in Chicago because her husband went to medical school and now he opened up his practice in Kansas. She's not super happy about the location because <laughs> it's Kansas, but no. you know what? It's just nice having her here and, you know, get to see my niece and nephew who I haven't seen in a long while. So <laughs> that's cool. But other than that, you know, not really much. I mean, there's not a whole lot to go out and do right now. So, yeah, no, I, I, I get it, but it's always nice to have family around at least. And oh my God, you guys are also, so she's married to a doctor. He, well, yeah. Well, when they met, <laughs> he wasn't a doctor, but yes, like he's a doctor now. <laughs> I wish I had sisters that had as good taste in men like, 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 like you do, obviously, because my sisters, you know, you know, my sisters are like, I have three older sisters and they each have like multiple kids by multiple men. 
which is really bad to say because I'm a Hispanic male and I guess we are living up to this stereotype, but I'm going to give you a, a, a quick little like insight into my life. And I know like a lot of listeners to the show haven't heard that yet because we've, we, we pulled listeners from different demographics, obviously, because this is a political religion kind of like just psychological show where we just talk about the inner workings of people in general. We have to figure this thing out, don't we? We're about everything pretty much, but my sister's, um, Growing up, my mom, like, she always loved my sisters, and she treated myself and my brother, because we were a family of five, she said, when you guys grow up, you're going to be nothing. You're going to, you know, have this and that and the other thing, all these problems and shit like that. You're going to have a couple of different girls and kids by different women, and you're not going to take care of any of them and stuff. You're never going to get married. You're never going to settle down. You're a bunch of scum. Like, this is stuff that I grew up hearing, you know? And my sisters were all angels. My mom's favorite. She loved the girls, but she hated the boys for some reason. I don't know what it was. She just, she just hated us for some reason. And of, of course, you know, like spoiler alert, she came around and now she's like a saint, but growing up, I don't know. She had a lot of stress and pressure. So she said a lot of horrible things to us growing up. And it's funny because when you flip the script here and you see in hindsight, now thinking about it, my brother and I were talking about this, like last time we spoke a couple of years back, he was like, you know what? He was like, I've been married to my wife now for about 20 something years. They've been married, right? They have two beautiful kids together. And they've never strayed. They've, they've never separated. Me, I've been with the Nerdette here now for about 15, 16 years. We got two beautiful girls together. We've never strayed. We've always been together. But my sisters, <laughs> another story. They've had you know kids with different guys and they're train wrecks. One of them is like the drugs and screwed up her life. And the other one screwed up her life. And the other one married a sugar daddy to take care of her kids with some other guy. Train wreck, right? Oh, so, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't even know why the fuck I just explain because I just want people to understand how, you know, the inner workings of the, the two hosts of the show. I just want them to know about our lives and where we come from, a little bit about our backgrounds. But I don't want to get them, get anyone down here, you know, thinking about how, how, how horrible of a childhood we had and stuff like that. At least I had. You had a good childhood, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I, you know, my sisters have been lucky. You know, my one sister, she she struggled, you know, because she was a single mom for, I don't know, six years, seven years until she met her husband that they got married a couple of years ago. Um, and he is he's the best man in the world for her. He treats her great um, and they have a great relationship. Both my sisters have great marriages. They do like the type of marriages that you look at them and you're like, you know, they're like an example to people on, you know, the type of marriage you should have. And so they've been very blessed in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've, you know, my parents, they, they had a good marriage for the most part. Um, you know, they're still going strong, you know. Um, they've been married for 34 years now, so. Something's working. <laughs> something's working, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, and I don't know if it's just the way that they were raised or just because I've seen a lot of positive relationships in my life, you know, from mm. my parents, my grandparents, uncles, aunts, I've seen a lot of good examples and, and I've been very lucky that way. A lot of people aren't that lucky to, to see, to have that in their lives and to know, you know, kind of what it takes to make a relationship work. Mm -hmm. um, some people just struggle, you know, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, commitment. I think that's a big thing is, 
I think a lot of people get so caught up in, in, you know, the romance and, and they want everything now and they're very impatient and they just want everything to be perfect in the relationship. And that's not really how it works. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's, it takes dedication. It takes hard work. It's the hardest thing you'll probably do in your life. But, you know, I, I see the joy um, that it has brought to members of my family um, and, and seeing the type of relationships that they have, you know, and that's yeah. something worth waiting for, which is why I am still single, because I refuse to settle. Do you think that's a detriment, though, that maybe like you're refusing to settle and maybe like you've passed up opportunities that could have been great just because they weren't perfect at the time when they first kind of presented themselves to you? I have only been in three relationships. Like long term or long just term. all of them are long term. The first one I had no control over because he he died. Oh. Um, that was probably that was the hardest one. It happened when I was nineteen. He was my first love. It took like three years. I had severe depression, like I mean that was probably the worst period of my life, to be honest. Um, that literally broke me. It did. Um, because I thought we were going to marry. Like, you know, we had already planned wedding and everything. Um, so that was really hard. But the other two were way more long term. And they just they just didn't work out. You know, it was just, you know, we gave it a shot and it just it just wasn't right for us. So. You know, but I keep, I never give up hope. I never, mm-hmm. you know, because I see, I see the good examples around me and I'm like, you know what? I want that type of relationship and that's worth waiting for. Now with the first one, cause like I never knew that about you. So I'm, oh. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I I you did. <laughs> no, no, we never talked about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that first off. That's a tragedy, obviously when someone dies so young is it okay if I ask, like, did he, did he die of natural causes? Was he murdered? Oh, it was accident? No. Um, he was at his parents' house and he was going down the stairs and he tripped. And when he fell, he got a punctured lung from a rib breaking. Mm. And he uh, basically bled to death. That's a terrible way to die. His brother called me. And that was like the worst moment of my life is getting that phone call. Um, but his brother told me, he's like, you were, you were in his thoughts because in his pocket was a letter to you. <sighs> we like to write letters a lot. That was like a thing. I know that's like so old school, so old fashioned. I think it's loved writing letters to each other. I think it's beautiful. It's a nice thing. So, you know, um, but it, it killed me, you know, it did. And my parents, I was between semesters at, at college and my parents literally had to force feed, force feed me food. I would not eat. I would not drink anything. Um, barely got any sleep. Like I was, it was, if it wasn't for my parents, like if I had been living on my own, I probably would have died because I did not care. Like when you lose someone that you love like that, 
it destroys you. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It kills you. It really, really does. And so it took, like I said, I went through severe depression for at least three years. I could not even look at a man that was not family without bursting into tears. Like, because every time I saw a man, it reminded me of him. And I, I just, I get it. Oh. You know, it, it was hard. I mean, and I didn't even know, like, you know, I, I knew I loved him, but I never realized how powerful love is until mm -hmm. you lose it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's very easy to take for granted, because once you have someone that loves you, and uh, the Nerdette and I did separate for a very short time, a very long time ago. And it was only for about a month or so we got into a major blowout argument right after our second daughter was born. And we were both still very young. We weren't very acclimated to this being a parent lifestyle and just being in like a very long term relationship like the way we were. And we just had like a big blow up our argument. And she went to her dad's house and, and we talked about this in our podcast. So I'm not like saying anything that was never said before. But for the sake of this one, I, I, I want people to understand and once you lose it, like once I lost it, I, I was I was at the same place you were. I'm like, what the, f like what the hell do I do? And I was never at a lower place in my entire life. And it does make you kind of take a step back and say, hey, all right, well, I had this great thing and then I lost it, and it it, it hurts. It does. And love is so easy to take for granted because it's such a hard thing to get. Because there's no greater feeling in life knowing that you're you're falling asleep or or just talking to someone that feels a way about you that it's just un it really is unthinkable. You really can't put it into words because when you love somebody, you really can put it into words. It's just the thing that you feel. Like when I look at my kids, I feel nothing but love and it's, it's hard to put in the words like, okay, so how do you feel about your kids? You're like, uh, uh, uh you don't know what to say. So I, I, I get it and I understand because I was there at the same place, not in the same situation. Obviously yours was terrible and I feel sorry for even, even asking, but I feel like it's something that's good to talk about because other people might be going through it as well or have gone through it. And just to hear someone else's experience and seeing that they came out on the other side is a good thing for everybody. So I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's a testament to your faith that you kept your faith after a freak accident where you lost the, the true love of your life when you were such a young person. So I think it's great that you kept your faith. Yeah, it wasn't easy. I think if I were to give advice to anyone that has gone through a situation similar to that is have people close to you have good support um have people that you know will will you know take care of you make sure make sure you're good um because you know that and my faith is what got me through it i don't think i would have gotten it through without my family and my faith honestly mm -hmm. so you know i think that's really really important um to have something that will help keep you, you know, make life worth living. Yeah. Even, even through that, um, you know, find things that still can bring you joy. You know, I was so young and I really, you know, and, and it didn't help that I lost, you know, all three of my grandparents within the same year of that happening. Like it was just like, you know, just blow after blow after blow. Like it was just constant grief. Like, it, you know, it was just so difficult. So, you know, um, I definitely, you know, understand when someone loses someone that they, that they love. Um, even though I didn't know him for very long, um, we loved each other and 
he treated me beautifully. So um, I'm just very grateful for it. Now that I look back, I look back at that experience and it was an experience that taught me a lot, you know, and it, it helped me realize what love is really about. And so, you know, even though that was a really hard experience, it taught me so much. I grew so much over that experience than probably I have in my whole life. Oh, goodness gracious. It's, it's terrible. Like I, I have, I mean, I, I've never lost anybody that I've been in a loving relationship with to, to death. Luckily, uh, knock on wood. I'm not very superstitious, but knock on wood. Um, I have lost friends growing up. I had a friend, uh, this guy was really close to me. I, I love this guy. Like he was a family member. His name was Ben Rhodes. Uh, we used to hang out all the time. And he was a great guy. We were like tight as tight can be. We were really good friends. And maybe this is what broke me when I was younger. I've, I've always been trying to search that moment where I kind of lost it, like lost caring about people to the extent that I used to, as far as like building those personal relationships and keeping them instead of kind of, you know, self-destructing and letting them go out of some kind of weird self-defense mechanism of letting people get too close because I don't want to feel the way I felt about this guy leaving life the way he did. I, I don't know. Like maybe this is the self journey pod. Maybe we're a self journey podcast. Who knows? <laughs> we're already on about 20 minutes. We haven't even talked about politics yet. So oh, who knows? We're, we're, we're going to in a few minutes. We'll get oh. started. <laughs> oh, of um, course. Like, just like, let me finish this quick thing here and then we can get into whatever you want because this is your show today, man. You do whatever you want, Bonnie. But <laughs> I do want to talk about my friend Ben, though, because like we were as close as close can be, and we did everything together. We hung out together all the time. We were just close, close. We were like brothers, you know, and he'd come to my house, sleep over. I'd go to his house. We'd hang out and do the whole sleepover thing, just hang out and just party and shit, just have a good time, you know? We were like about 20, 21 years old. And uh, one day, this is like after I I, I moved to be with the nerd ed, we, uh, yeah, and Ben and I didn't really talk as much as we used to, but we still kept in touch. We were still close. Whenever we did talk, we were very close. But he was in New Jersey. I was in New York. We weren't, like, together all the time. And I got a message from a, a third-party mutual friend that he was drinking some Jack Daniels or some shit. And he went out to the spot that we used to underage drink at when we were younger. And he took his father's shotgun and blew his brains out by the, the same spot we all used to hang out at. And he didn't do it because I, I was gone, obviously. He was, he had some inner turmoil, and I always knew he had problems. And I he, he knows I had problems, and, and we all had problems. It was just a bunch of freaks that hung out together, you know, like the outcasts, like the cool people. And, and we were just like a cool mix of people, basically. And I don't know, like people started moving away, and I guess he was in that stage of life where like, okay, everyone's moving away because it's like that post high school, a couple of years, people are hanging out. The ones that didn't go to like the, the big colleges right away. They have kind of hung around town and stayed friends. And that high school bond went after high school and we are all kind of still friends doing the same thing. And then we all kind of got serious about life and he kind of stayed around town. I wonder if that had an effect and I'll never get that, that answer because I'll, I'll never talk to him again. And unfortunately I love the guy. But maybe that's something, and I, I think about this often, where, like, why did he do it? What happened? Maybe if I would have been closer with him, maybe if other people would have still, like, reached out and we still had that friendly bond. But, yeah, that's my uh, little 
someone died in my life that I cared about story. <laughs> it's, oh, I'm so sad. sorry, nerd. It's That's sad. horrible. It's sad, but That's so sad. But the thing is with suicide, you just don't get those answers. You never do. You no, know? and and a lot of times it's more than likely it wasn't one thing. It was probably a combination of factors. You know, that's what happens a in, in a lot of cases of suicide or when you talk to people that have attempted suicide, you know, it's never just one thing that they're struggling with. You know, normally they get in a de- depressed state and it's a combination of things going on and, you know, they just, uh, most times they're not even thinking about it, you know, they're not really thinking clearly at all. So, you know, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for you. See, same for you, because like that's someone that you planned on spending the rest of your life with. I mean, it's different because I never I didn't plan on spending the rest of my life with this guy, obviously, because, you know, we didn't have that kind of relationship. We were just like really close friends. We were like brothers, you know, it wasn't the same kind of thing that you had going on. So your your loss, I feel, is, is more devastating, obviously. And I know we're not having a contest like, oh, mine's more devastating than yours, but. I, I I just wonder because, like you said, suicide is very hard. Like you can't predict or you can't go back and ask anybody. It's just like a, a what what the hell happened? And I thought about it. Like he had a beautiful house growing up. He had a great life growing up. Like his family had money because we lived in a very rich town growing up. Even though like I had a a different situation, we got lucky living in the town that we lived in. He had money. He had a nice house. Had a pool in the yard and all this other shit. His mom was like a hot model looking mom and his dad was a nerd that made money so i mean like he had a privileged lifestyle so i I always wonder like what went wrong like you had the life that everyone else wanted and you were just a cool guy he was in a band you know like girls liked them and shit and i'm like what the hell what could have possibly gone wrong in your life that drove you to this and it just makes no sense i'll never know the answer no you probably won't at least you know not for another you know 60 years uh, 60 I don't know if I got that much time I think you got a little bit more faith in me than I do <laughs> but well, the good news is yeah, good, no, okay. yeah human beings are living longer now if you look at it I mean you know I mean a lot of human beings live till like 90 now not if you listen to CNN we're dying at a rapid rate right now <laughs> We're not living that long, and God forbid we live another day longer. They're going to make it even worse, you know? They're going to scare the shit out of us. Or there's the there's the tribal people on the island off of Japan, and they live till 150. I don't know if I believe all of that stuff. Do you believe that stuff with the people in Japan right now? Do yeah, believe- yeah. It's, um, I'm trying to think of what the plant is called. And I did some research because the skincare that I used... Um, mm-hmm. It has this, it's, it helps with like your aging and stuff. So, um, but these people, they like eat this plant like every single day. And I can't remember what it's called at the top of my head, but they eat it every day. So they like live super like long, long um, because they eat this plant every day and it's like super good for you. And it just keeps your body in prime shape much longer. So Mm. you're able to live longer. So very, very interesting, but it is interesting because things like that, 
I feel like they're going to outlaw it because they don't like natural healing solutions. They only like things that they can control. So if these people are eating a plant that helps them live like double the average expectancy life of human beings, they're going to find a way to find that plant. They're going to kill that plant, but they're going to keep enough seed that they can control it themselves. And they're going to be like, yeah, listen, you're not going to do that anymore because they've done that with marijuana. Marijuana helps people naturally, and you can grow it yourself and not have to go through the middleman. You can control it, like say, okay, this is the kind of strand that I want that helps me fall asleep, helps me do this, helps me do that. There's different strands. If you ever went to like Colorado or San Francisco or any place that has legal marijuana, like like uh, Seattle even, you can go to these shops and talk to these like stoners that know everything about everything. There's a CBD shop here in town that sells like CBD oils, like the ones without the THC, but maybe like a 0.3% or whatever the, the legal amount is that they can do here. And they have booklets. Hey, do you have a bad appetite? Do you have trouble sleeping at night? Do you have this, that, and the other thing? And there are like these like big ass, like spreadsheets and things that you can look at and you can pick out the exact thing that you want. And it does what you want it to do. And they do that with marijuana. They just don't want people to get better without their help. And that's why it's illegal. Just imagine if that <laughs> that miracle plant that helps you live double the lifespan ever became like well known to the point where it actually got on someone's radar. They'd be like, "Yeah, we got to outlaw that. Get rid of it now." <laughs> you know? Yeah. That that's the thing with like these, you know, corrupt elites. You know, they want to control everything, mm-hmm. and you know, um, you know, marijuana, I am not, I am not one promoting using it, <laughs> but well, it, it goes against my belief system, but anyway, <laughs> um, but if you're using it for medicine or you have a medical condition condition, then I am all for you using it. That's fair enough. So, so there, there are things that, you know, if, if, if it's drug or something and it, it helps you with, with a certain condition that you have, like, you know, that you need it, like it's medicine, then go for it. I normally don't drink caffeine, but if I have a headache, guess what? I will be grabbing some Coca-Cola and drinking that (laughs) thing down because it actually helps because I never drink caffeine. So it actually is medicine. Most people drink it daily, so it doesn't help them with that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I drink a, a, a can of like and, and I've got three different energy drinks in the house right now because I work very early in the morning because I changed my schedule up and then luckily it was approved. But now I work at seven o'clock in the morning until three thirty in the afternoon. But when I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm, I, I've already been up for like four or five hours because I really have bad, bad insomnia. If I wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, I'm 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 up. I'm I'm just done. So, luckily, I've been sleeping a little bit later to like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, and I'm just laying in bed with my eyes wide open. I'm like wide awake, but then I crash right before I conveniently have to go to work. So it's this weird like thing I got going on in my body right now. So I'll drink a can of uh, Monster Red Bull Bang Energy Drink, whatever, and that gets me going. But I have a weird reaction to caffeine where I get like lightheaded almost get a case of vertigo just after having one half of a can so i gotta find a better way and if you have any recommendations for me to get my ass up and stay up without having any caffeine i am open to suggestions i already gave you one and you shot me down (laughs) what exercise (laughs) 
You have a Jamba Juice nearby. Get a Jamba Juice. Yuck. So gross. You don't like Jamba Juice? No. Seriously? Well, yeah, that's right. You can't do fruit. I can't do fruit. Do sugar, no fruit. I, I just don't want any of that in my life. I, I can't mess with that. It's just. Well, I, yeah, but that's one of the best natural resources for natural energy. Yeah. Is fruit. So I don't know what, what to tell you. <laughs> I think exercise is the key, to be honest with you. I have to yeah, get up just, this treadmill. Here's the thing. Do some jumping jacks when you get up or some push ups, you know, something simple. Mm hmm. Well, I sent a picture in, in, in our Discord channel of my beautiful Gold's Gym treadmill. And it's like, yeah, this thing is it's it's a very nice – it's got Bluetooth. I can play music. I can listen to podcasts whatever. And it just sits here. And I'm looking at it right now as I'm telling you this. I have to get on this thing because there is no energy like workout energy, like post-workout high that you get. I'm told this thing is like intoxicating. It feels so good that you can't replace it with any drug. Legal or non-legal, you can't replace it. So I have to get into that. Would you think that would be a, a good way to wake up in the morning, just pounding the the, the, the treadmill or whatever? Oh, yeah, go. Do it. <laughs> just when you get up, even if it's for like uh, 20 minutes, yeah. it'll give you that energy you need when you're looking for. It will really help boost your energy levels. Like, yeah. you'll be running around your, your house. Oh. <laughs> Well, I think and my wife will be is like, going for something else. What what did you consume? Like, <laughs> yeah. she'll think I'm going for something else because I have a lot more energy now because I'm not drinking hard liquor like I used to. Because the past six months have been like really bad for me. It's been it's been terrible. We can get into that some other time, but it's been really bad for me personally. And for the past month now, I I've been such a good boy. I've been drinking seltzers, so they're basically like they have very small amount of alcohol in them, but they're like seltzer water. So there's no carbs, there's no sugar, a, barely a tiny bit of alcohol, just enough to make you just feel decent, I guess. And I know you don't drink, so you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, obviously, right now. But No, I've never had a, <laughs> a ounce. You need to come down here and uh, have one seltzer with me. Does it have any alcohol? Then no. <laughs> <laughs> just just a little bit. Just a tiny nope. bit. No. No, nope. nope, sorry. I don't drink. And <laughs> I probably react badly to it you you know what you probably would and it's a good thing that you don't have any because i'll tell you what there's been good times and bad times just like anything else but i want to get into some topics here do you want to get into some topics because yes. we've half we're just bullshitting about everything about yeah let's let's get into some topics because this is like we didn't get into any last week <laughs> it, it, i know it like i still have notes from last week that i took things that i wanted to talk about but i'm gonna pass the mic off here to you and because i know you still got a lot of shit that you wanted to talk about so whatever you want to talk about i'm i am i am game let's do it okay and so there was an article and i know you probably know about um this but i really would like your perspective on you know what this woman is doing and where it's going and what it means really for people on the right and people on the left. So um, I'm sure you heard about the woman who defaced the Black Lives Matter mural outside Trump Tower. Mm -hmm. And she struck, she did three, she did this three times, by the way. So she yeah. did the first time of the video that was on Twitter that was going everywhere. And then she did a drive by. And they just like, they like just dump paint out of the back of the car, like, you know, um, 
And then the third time they went in like the middle of the night and did it again. Um, so she was, um, and her name's Bevelyn Beatty. She posts like she's big. She's she's a Christian and she's a conservative. Yuck. And Christian. Quiet, quiet to you. <laughs> most, <laughs> quiet. Most people on the right are spiritual on some level. So, you know, mm-hmm. continuing on. So see, <laughs> so she's she's like, you know, my she's only a couple years younger than me, actually. And so her video went viral because she was going to the mural, the Black Lives Matter mural at Trump Tower. And she just brought a can of paint that was black paint. And she was just dumping it over some of the lettering. And she she was just calling out, you know, if Black Lives Matter, bring back the police, bring back the police, you know. They need to be back. You don't care about black lives if you don't have police. And so um, in the video, the cops were trying to wrangle her up, but you could tell like they were doing as slowly as they had to, Um, meaning, you know, she was standing up for them, but they have orders as well. Of course. And politicians and things like that, where they couldn't just, unlike, you know, people on the left if she was a leftist she could totally get away with this but she's not so she was i think temporarily arrested and then she was released shortly after um and so it's it's just it's just very very interesting because a lot of people were telling her well why are you doing this you're black you're a black woman why are you doing this Mm -hmm. it's like oh because i'm black i can't have a mind of my own and i can't think for myself and I can't see the corruption yep. and I can't see the wrong of all of this. So I'm very curious. Did you see the video? What were your thoughts? You know, where do you think this is going? Oh, I saw the video. Okay. And I will tell you what, man. And I had immediate anger towards this video because the first thing that I thought was, oh my God, this is the most racist thing I've ever seen. Because I, Always, when I first watch a video online, I scroll to the comments immediately. And the people were calling this woman some of the most horrific names you could ever call a black person. Uncle Tom, sellout. They called her the N-word multiple times. And these are people fighting for the quote-unquote right side. They're supposed to be the progressive people. But they called her so many horrible names. They, They were like, oh my God, she must be married to a white man. She must have white ideologies. They call her a slave. They call her all sorts of horrible names. And this is just one of the sites that I saw this video on. I've checked multiple sites because I like to see the comments. I like to see what people are saying about these things. And the fact that the media really shot her down was like, okay, so the media is racist. And who does the media always put up on a pedestal? The left. This woman got buried so bad because she had a mind of her own. So it's like, what are you trying to put across? That black people can't have a mind of their own, just like you said? Are they supposed to just be complicit zombies? Are they supposed to just vote for one side because that's what they've always done? You can't have a mind of your own. You can't have a voice. And it's not just black people. It's, it's, it's any minority is supposed to immediately vote for the left. Because why? There's no good answer for it. Nothing's ever been done by the left to help out any minorities. More things have been done under this administration for minorities 
And I think it's great because I was listening to you, to one of your people today, the one of the guys that you put me on, uh, Larry Elder today. He was on a podcast promoting that book, Uncle Tom, or, or no, it's, it's, it's a movie, Uncle Tom. Uh, Candace Owens is in there and a couple other uh, notorious uh, black conservatives were in that movie as well. And I was listening to a story he told about his dad, about how his dad came up and, and his dad came to him and told him, like, this is why I was the person I was. And it was a very touching story. And his dad back in the day who grew up in all these horrible times where black people weren't even allowed to walk through the same door as white people. And he told a story about how his dad walked into a place to apply for a job. He walked through the whites only door by accident. The woman behind the counter said, get out. You can't come in here unless you go through the right door. He literally made a U-turn, walked through the blacks only door. She talked to him only to kick him out because he wasn't the right color. It's, it's just some horrible, weird things to say. And he came out a conservative because the progressive areas were the ones that were treating him worse. So I know it's a very long winded answer to the question that you asked, but I felt anger immediately because like they're basically saying that if you're a minority, you cannot have a mind of your own. You have to be programmed by your surroundings growing up because I grew up the same way as a Hispanic male told that Democrats are the way to go. Because why? You'd never get a good answer. This woman had a mind of her own. She doesn't like the meaning. She is a black woman, a proud black woman, obviously. She can't hide the fact that she is black. And she's saying like, no, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. The things that she said during the video were, were, they made so much sense. And the fact that people shat on her just because she's a black woman shitting on a white person cause like a white Karen cause, because let's face it, it's all white women, white males out there saying black lives matter. And they're taking it in a direction where it doesn't have to go. So, yeah, that's how I felt about it. It's just it's just stupid. Yeah. And in one of her videos, and I don't know if you saw the other two she posted, but the third one that she did, um, she said this, ladies and gentlemen, we're in Brooklyn and it ain't over. We're taking our country back. And let me tell you something. The police need our help. Don't just sit by idly and watch your country go to the ground. Stand with your police force. Vote for Trump. Vote Republican and stand up. Mm hmm. And that's a, that's a very strong message that she is taking these actions to show that we need to take more action We're we can't just stand people on the right conservatives, especially we can't just stand on the sidelines anymore. We can't afford to do it or we'll lose everything. It's way too easy to just sit there and let the freaking left. And I, Every time I say the left, I feel such disdain in my heart. I have never hated anything in my life more than I hate the Democratic Party now and just the left in general because of what they've done to this country. And it's so obvious now, the things that they want to put in place and the way they went about trying to attain the power that they so wishfully want. That it's disgusting. It really is. And I just get mad. And you're right. We need to stand up. I don't know how, because we just need a strong leader. And I was hoping it was Trump. It was for four years, but I think he's too old. I think he's worn down and I just think he doesn't have it in him anymore. What do you think? Well, I was listening to, I think it was Charlie Kirk and he was saying how Trump is getting a lot of mixed messages in his administration. So 
I think the reason that we're seeing like him not being like really bold is one, it is an election year. So we got to put that into perspective is normally in election years. It's a little bit different. Um, He's trying to, you know, obviously placate as many people as possible in order to get reelected. Now, part of me thinks that's a mistake. Because what got him elected was not doing that. (laughs) Um, So I I think he's just, I think he's getting some of the wrong signals from people within his administration, honestly. I think that's actually what it is, because it just doesn't make sense um, that, you know, some of the things he's been saying or acting, it it seems a little soft for him. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's actually what it is. I think it's, you know, if it wasn't an election year, he, he would not be acting like this. But also think about what he's been dealing with since February. You know, he's been yeah. with the media every single day. They ask the most ridiculous questions, like the stupidest. Like, <laughs> I, I can't even, I don't know why these people, these reporters, they're not reporters. Whoever no. they are. <laughs> they're they're crazy like you know leftists that are just trying to push an agenda they're garbage but but these people from cnn and especially cnn and msnbc they're asking the most i mean he's being harped on every single day by the media he's not used to that so i think it's a combination of factors i don't think it's just one thing i don't think he can boil it down to just one thing he's and i think if we can get him to do rallies again because his when he does rallies i mean that's the trump we all know and love you know and so you know the the last couple rallies i've loved seeing him it just it just gives me more hope um you know and and i and i look at what what he's doing and i think it's just i think there's a lot of things going on right now and I can't imagine what it's like being president over this whole situation, over everything that's happened. No president has dealt with what, I mean, unless you go back to World War II or something, mm-hmm. um, no president has really, you know, no one recent, at least, has really gone through what he has gone through. And, and he is belittled all the time. He's demeaned all the time. There's so much hate for him. And I think he's handled it pretty well a lot better than most people. And if you look at pictures from him today to like, say four years ago, I swear he looks younger. Like, he does. Like, look at Obama. Obama aged so quickly. <laughs> Obama, oh my gosh, if you look before he was became president and then like just mm-hmm. four years later and then four years, you know, eight years. I agree. He, he aged. He looked like he aged 20 years. So... Yes, Trump is old, but you know what? He, he he doesn't have the energy of an old man. So I think there's just a lot of things going on that we don't know. And maybe he's doing some of this because he has some ace up his sleeve that he's going to, you know, bring to the table closer to election. You it know would what not shock me at all. Mm. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you know... I, I hope that, you know, he gets reelected and that, you know, we'll see the Trump that we know and love. And 
we'll see what happens. But I, yeah. I'm not losing faith in him. I'm not. I just think that he's just going through a lot right now. And he's just, it is election year. And I think he's just trying to, you know, get reelected. I really think that's what it is. Well, he's also fighting a battle he can never win because it's basically him versus the the mass media. And if you look at the things that were said in February, where it's like, okay, and even Fauci, who's like the exalted one, everyone loves Fauci, right? He says, don't wear a mask. They don't matter. They don't do shit. And Trump said, hey, we're going to close off the borders of China. And Fauci's like, no, that's not a good idea. You're being racist. And all these other people were saying, no, you're being racist. Trump Pelosi's saying, hey, why don't you go out and party in New York? And this is the same week that, you know, they're saying, hey, the virus is on its way here. And she said, no, everyone go out there and be with each other. Go out to the Chinese festival or whatever the hell it was. Everyone go out and just be together. Don't let this thing keep you inside. What happens a, a couple of weeks later? We're talking about shutting down the economy because the virus is spreading. We can't be near each other. And they blame Trump for that. And it's like, wait a second. You guys said this, not him. He was trying to keep people from coming to the United States and keeping this shit from coming here. And then all of a sudden, everybody that was against Trump is now flip-flopping. They're 180-ing on everything they said before. And they're blaming him for not doing the things he wanted to do originally. So it's like this guy's fighting a never-ending battle. Like, he can't win. And I think he's at the point now where he's like, what the fuck do I have to do anymore? You know, and it's just it's just a horrible position to be in. But I did want to ask you about this, though, because one person does have Trump's back. And I don't know if you saw this tweet. And I will never ask a lady her age, but I want to know, do you know who Chuck Woolery is? The name sounds familiar. OK, so he did this show where he did this quote saying two and two, the love connection. Remember that the love connection? Mm hmm. He was the host of that show, and he said uh, he said something, and he went two and two at the end of the show every time. It was a really iconic thing, a really good show, right? He had a tweet in support of Trump, and now he is being canceled by the leftist mob because that's what they do best. They see something they don't like, and they cancel people. This is the tweet, and I want to know what your thoughts on this because I thought this was great, and he said everything that basically I say on a daily basis to people that hate hearing me say it apparently. This is Chuck Woolery's tweet. He goes, the most outrageous lies are the ones about COVID-19. Everyone is lying. The CDC, media, Democrats are doctors, not all, but most doctors, that we are told to trust. I think it's all about the election and keeping the economy from coming back, which is about the election. And I'm so sick of it. And Donald Trump retweeted that tweet. And that got him in hot water. And Chuck Woolery is probably never going to be seen or heard from again because they are going to cancel him so fast. The once beloved host. What do you think about that? They will cancel anyone that doesn't fall in line to their ideology. And a lot of what's going on, and this is why we're starting to see more lockdowns again, is because the economy was starting to, you know, get better. And, and I really think this is political. I think the lockdowns, if they say face mask wearing works, there's no need for a lockdown. There's True. none. No necessary. You look at L.A. Okay, L.A. has the strictest lockdown out of the whole country. Yes. They, are, they have never been, like, they've never gotten out of lockdown, ever. <laughs> through this whole thing and so they have the the top cases in the country i wonder why that is yeah so, so they 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 do all these lockdowns they say mask ma mandates 
and yet they are like LA is like the top other than New York it's like the top city for the most cases right now and so to me it's more political than anything else and it's really to keep Trump from being reelected because if people can see that the economy will get better with him at the helm they're going to vote for him um and and I don't really fall in line. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, look at the polls. Look at what all these polls are saying. I don't care about polls. Me neither. Because, one, they do not touch base with Trump's support. He has <laughs> a lot of quiet, I mean, silent base. I mean, huge. I mean, most people don't say that they're Trump supporters. They yes. will not admit it to anyone, not even their family. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have that type, I mean, that's the type of culture we're in, is where if you stand up for Trump, you're called racist, you're called a bigot, you're called some of the worst names. And, and so it's just very interesting that, you know, we, we can't really pull and, and say, okay, how much, you know, is there support for Trump or not? We really have no idea. Because this is something that, I mean, no president has ever faced so much opposition before. And quite frankly, look at 2016 and tell me how accurate polling is. (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke. That's such a joke. It really was. Oh, God. Well, I get it. And there's just so many false narratives out there right now. And you got to look at these things. I mean, you're talking about heroic like heroic acts. And I don't know if you saw this, but Fauci was on the cover of InStyle magazine wearing a pair of sunglasses and American socks or whatever. And he was just right by his pool, just hanging out, you know, just looking cool, obviously. Right. And during the interview, he said he praises New York for being such a success for curbing or no, he said for crushing COVID-19. Right. And he's such a freaking scumbag, son of a bitch. I hate him almost as much as I hate Governor Cuomo. And I'm going to lump those two together here because he says he he was just heaping praise on New York, right? And basically saying that, you know, uh, Georgia, Florida, all these other red states were opening up way too soon. And the cases are, are soaring there. But if you look at New York and you look at the, the decisions that Governor Cuomo made, they had 30,000 people murdered <laughs> by this COVID-19, like died, flat out died because of this. And the reason why the cases aren't so high is because everyone that fucking had it died. <laughs> and you send people to these nursing homes to infect other people at very high risk. That's why people were fucking dying. And you look at all these other states, too. I mean, you look at all the red states that they're bashing for opening up too soon and saying that, oh, they, oh, they handled this thing horribly. But they don't talk about New York. They don't talk about Connecticut. They don't talk about New Jersey, the the top three highest and biggest failures of this COVID-19 thing as far as their, you know, numbers go. And the only time they talk about them is, 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 is when they want to say these, these, these fucking unrealistic good deeds that they heap upon them. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's so political and people that can't see this, there's no hope for you. I mean, you're just going to keep on watching CNN and believe in what they say, but. It, it drives me insane because the numbers are there to prove it. New York was the worst fucking state with COVID-19, and they made some horrible decisions. Yet this Cuomo guy doesn't even talk about it. No one asks him about this. No one ever asks him about 
the decision to put all the sick patients back in the nursing homes and the fact that they 30,000 people, supposedly 140,000 people supposedly died from this thing and 30,000 came from New York alone. What do you think about that? I think it's very interesting that they never point the finger at the ones that are actually making the wrong decisions. And, you know, and, and they judge like Texas and Florida so much. They're like, well, look at all the cases they're having. Okay. I don't care about the number of cases. I look at the number of deaths. Me too. And, and, and look at Florida. Okay. So they started their opening like May 5th. They did not have a spike in cases till guess what? Three weeks ago. What happened a few weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rise. I mean, I mean, put, put, do some math. If a child can do this type of math, um, put two and two together. There were thousands and thousands of protesters in every state. And so you're seeing most states are having these big spike in cases. We're having it here. And it's, and I, I honestly think a lot of it has to do, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that are playing, are putting into this situation, such as testings. We have more testing than we've ever had. So obviously you're going to, you're going to see more cases, but most of the people, and, and, and I don't know um, if this is just, and I think the hospitals too are just, I had a couple friends who went to the hospital for something like a clinic to, to, you know, see the doctor or whatever, once things started opening up. And then, like, a few weeks later, they got a notification from the clinic that they tested positive for COVID, but they were not tested for COVID. <laughs> so, oh. so you're seeing all these spikes, but how accurate are those? Like, like, I always wonder, how accurate is that? Because we know these hospitals and clinics are getting paid more to not, to kind of fabricate a lot of the numbers. And so really how many cases do we actually have and how many of those cases are people actually getting sick because if you look at the age group of all these spiking cases most of them are 19 to 29 so and and they're not most of them don't get sick they don't even know that they even have it they only know because their job requires that they get tested every week and that's how they know so (laughs) It's it's very interesting seeing all of this come together. And I really think a lot of this is completely political because they did not do this under Obama. Never. Okay. There was there was there was, you know, a pandemic there too, but but it did not. I mean it and, and it killed a lot of kids, but they didn't close down the schools. I mean, if you look at the school closures, a lot of a lot of states and cities aren't allowing their schools to open. And even if they are, they're having all these strict measures on these little kids. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's been proven fact proven that kids are more, are, are dying more from flu. So why aren't you doing this for, for, for the, for the flu when the common flu comes around in like November, December, why aren't you doing this too? Why aren't you shutting down school? Why aren't you, doing all these measures because a lot of kids die from flu more than we actually realize. And so it's just, it's just very interesting how it's getting political everywhere. This 
whole COVID thing, it, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere you look, <laughs> it's so politicized. And so I think I have a hard time listening to a lot of people because I feel like we're getting, and I think this is why people are so confused. So many Americans are confused because you're getting people saying like conflicting things that don't add up, that don't match with what, what they're saying. And so it's, I'm not saying this thing isn't serious because it is, but I think people are panicking and they're freaking out and I blame the media. I blame the media for a lot of the, the negative that has come out of this. Because we could have totally been unified with this whole thing. It could have gone so much better if it wasn't for the media. And even a lot of doctors say the media is to blame for a lot, a lot of what's going on. They've been pushing this narrative, a lot of the lockdowns, you know. So I think honestly, it's, you know, the left especially will use anything to get votes they will do anything to they hate trump so much yes they they do they will use anything even if they disagree like if you look at cancel culture even if they disagree with the concept of cancel culture like if you looked like five six years ago they were totally against this they were they 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 supported free speech they thought was the most important thing even if you were a member of the KKK, the left was known for saying that we want them to have their free speech. They would not say that today. And I think it's because their hate for Trump drives them that they will do anything to get rid of him. And so everything that's been going on, I think is completely a lot of it. A lot of the bad that we're seeing is political and they're using our lives. They're, they're costing so many lives for their own political gain. We're just political footballs to them. They do not care about us. They don't. All they care about is control and power and pushing their communist agenda because that's what they are. They're not Democrats. They aren't. They are not. They left the Democratic Party yeah. two years ago. And they have become the Communist Party. I totally believe that. They, mm-hmm. They're not. They, they hate America. They despise everything we stand for because we're in the way of them getting a foothold over controlling us and taking away our freedoms and our rights and our liberties. And I totally think that's something we need to stand against. We need to stop, you know, just letting it go, trying to be nice. We need to, you know, stop being so nice and fair because they aren't playing fair. They aren't. And we we need to get our country back. I agree a thousand percent. And I think it's funny that you mentioned <laughs> about the people showing up and and, uh, and and the testing coming back like they tested positive for COVID. Because I was listening to our uh, one of our favorite podcasters, Michael Knowles. He was saying that he had friends that were showing up in uh, California. They were showing up for testing. It took too long, so they registered, and they left, like flat-out left without getting tested. And got phone calls a few days later saying they tested positive for COVID, which I thought was hilarious. And he shared that story, and he said he had at least like four or five friends that said that they were tested positive, even though they never got tested. They left before they even like got any kind of test. So it does make you question it. That's why I think the numbers for deaths are overly inflated. 
but I did want to say, like, you know, we we talked about this a little bit before we even did the show today. Like, we didn't want to do much COVID, so I'm I'm just going to leave it alone there. And we'll do, like, a little bit each episode, maybe, but I, I just don't want to dedicate too much time to it because it really is a depressing topic. We know it's fake, but it does upset a lot of people for some odd reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. So there's there's other topics. Let's let's get into Kanye West. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful, crazy poor <laughs> Kanye who yeah. is I don't know where he's going. He doesn't either. Apparently he missed his deadline to be on the South Carolina presidential ballot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he did apparently you're supposed to submit a petition to um, you know, be on the ballot or whatever to seek a nomination from one of the certified parties, you know, um, and there's different parties he could be a part of, and technically he's creating his own party, <laughs> which I think is the most, I don't even know what to say about creating a party of the birthday, like, that's, I, I, I don't even... When I first heard that, I was speechless. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if that was a joke he was playing at first or he's serious about this. He is serious mm-hmm. about that. And and it, it's just it's just very interesting because he did do a rally, his first rally. And I don't know if you heard about what he said. I saw it. Yeah, he he talked about he did he talked about you know, some good things. He talked about his faith. He talked about gun violence. He talked about abortion, which was a big, that's where he got really, really emotional. Yeah. He lost um, but I, I honestly don't know where, what his plan is, where he's going, because he was asked a question about foreign policy and he basically said, I have no idea. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so we have someone wanting to be president that has no idea what he wants to do with foreign policy. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Um, I, I think honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a, you know, he has an album coming out and that's just. Yeah, he said it was going to be supposed to be this Friday, right? His album was supposed to drop on yeah, Friday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's more bullshit or just him just freaking out and just losing his mind. I don't know. I I honestly don't. And he's actually had like other rappers come out and say, "I'm voting for Kanye." Don't well, vote for Biden. Vote yeah. for Kanye. And I think well, that's very interesting. Dave Chappelle was with him too, and they because Dave Chappelle went to go check on him, and there was a video of those two together. It was a nice little touching thing where they were together, and he was like, "Hey, man, you okay?" and stuff like that. And then Elon Musk sent a tweet as well in the beginning when Kanye announced him, you know, himself being coming in the president. He's like, oh, you got my vote or some shit like that. But don't know if that was in jest or not. It's just, yeah, it's it's really weird stuff. But did you see the tweet he did today? I or, didn't. Okay, so this was his tweet. He said, Kim was trying to fly to Wyoming with a doctor to lock me up. Like on the movie Get Out, because I cried about saving my daughter's life yesterday. The claim was made in a series of distressing tweets, some of which have now been deleted by Kanye himself, in which he demanded Kardashian West and his mother-in-law, Kris Jenner, call me now. 
So he's basically talking to his family through Twitter, who he could easily reach out and text. And he said that Kim tried to get him locked up because of what he did in his, his, his press conference and all the things he was saying, crying about the abortion. And, you know, the Kardashians are all about image. I don't think they have a loving bone in their bodies. I think it was all about image with him and, and Kim getting together, high-profile people making babies and, and, and headlines. That was good. But now Kanye's kind of going off the script. He's going crazy. I don't see this marriage lasting throughout the end of 2020, to be honest with you. I think it's over. I think this guy is just way off the cuff right now, and I don't see it lasting. What about you? I really don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't last just because of, you know, all of the things that are happening here. Um, If it was going to last, you would think that she would be more supportive um, of this. (laughs) But, you know, I think there's a lot going on that we don't know as far as their relationship goes. Of course. (laughs) So it, you know, I don't see it lasting. I think he has a lot of mental and emotional problems. And that's probably taken its toll on the relationship. I would say his mental problems are an understatement. Because I thought I was bipolar, but holy shit, I got nothing on Kanye West. If he's that fucking nuts, I'm, I got nothing on that guy, to be honest with you. He's he's just on another level of crazy right now. I think he does need help, to be honest with you. If, if if I was with a knife to my throat and someone said, what do you think about Kanye West? I would say the guy needs help. I'm not saying he's crazy. Uh, he's saying what he feels at the time, but he is under the influence of a chemical imbalance that, it, that is left untreated. He said himself in 2018 he stopped taking his medication. I don't think medication is necessarily the answer. I, I, I do think all natural techniques, uh, things that are illegal in most states, can help with what he's going through, obviously, but they won't make it legal for whatever reason. Uh, I think the things that are under the control of the government and, and big pharma fuck you up worse because I was on some of the same medications I'm sure he was on. And I, I, I left them within two months because I felt like they made me feel like a person I was and I was turning into a zombie. So I understand his need to not want to take the, these things, but he needs something. He needs something in his life to calm him down or balance him out because the shit that he says in public, the way he has to publicly throw himself out there, just the fact that he's in Hollywood with the Kardashian family that loves the spotlight, you kind of question like what's genuine and what's not based off of what you see. And is this all a big stunt? Are they all planning this out? Do they have producers filming this for keeping up with the Kardashians? Are they picking or piggybacking off of his relationship with Trump saying he's, he's going to go for political office. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what to believe anymore. This is a, just a really bizarre story it really is. It is, and we'll see where it goes. I don't see it going for very long, to be honest. But, you know, I could be wrong. You just don't know very with well. Kanye. He is, he, he, he's a certain type of person where he's very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know, you know, what his plan is or anything. This could be just a, you know... A stunt to just, you know, get more fame or, you know, sell his next album. Like, I'm not really sure. But 
Um, it wouldn't shock me if that was the case. How much fame and money do you need? <laughs> because like she's worth like a billion dollars. The youngest sister is worth a billion dollars. The other sisters are worth like hundreds of millions. The mom's worth a hundred billion bucks. They're all worth a lot of money. Connie's worth a lot of money. How much more fame do you need? Is it that addicting to be famous that you need the attention 24 seven? Cause personally, if I made like $10 million doing something, I'm out the spotlight. I, I, I don't like spotlight now. I don't even like my real name being used to be honest with you. I go by fucking nerd on podcasts. I don't put my face out there if I don't have to. I, I, I try very hard to protect myself because I just don't want to be out there. I don't strive for it. But if I ever had a certain amount of fame, I'd get the fuck out. These people seem to want more when they have it all. I just don't know when you get to this point where you have everything. Why do you keep wanting more and when do you self-destruct? And I know that you're a person of faith. And I do have a couple of questions about that for you afterwards. Like, what would it take for you? Like, let's just say, like, you know, like you hit it big, like your like your fantastic blog about romance novels hit it big and they were just throwing money at you. Is there a point where you just kind of back off or you just going to do you think you would get bit by the bug and want more like these people apparently just want it all, all the attention, all the money? I honestly. I could care less about fame. I, I don't I don't I don't care about it. It does it does nothing for me. Um and so I think you know if I got to that point let's let's say that I did. Um I would put a t- stop to it when I started to see me changing. If I changed, if I started to view life or view things differently, I would just quit. But I think these people, you get all these celebrities, I think they're addicted to the fame like a drug. And they don't know how to stop. They don't know how to stop all of these, you know, I mean, look at Alyssa Milano. Oh, oh, you had to ask. You had to say her name. Well, <laughs> but, but look, at, look at her stunts. And, yeah. and I think it's just... And, and I just look at what she's done just the past few years alone. I mean, look at what happened, you know, last year when, when the new abortion laws were happening in a lot of the southern states. She did that whole, I don't know if you remember this. No, oh, I remember everything. But she, but she was calling out a challenge to all of the women to <laughs> basically blackmail their men <laughs> into not, not having sex with their men. Yeah. Until until the laws change, and I'm like, that's the yeah. most toxic, yeah. abusive thing mm-hmm. she has said so far, and and, <laughs> and I think that stunt was really just for attention. I I really think it was just for attention. Look at me, look look at what I'm trying to do for me. all of these women. Look me. at what you know I'm trying to accomplish here. Yeah, I think that's her motivation, <laughs> and I think that's the motivation that a lot of them have. Where re- they come out with all these stunts, they come out with all these like weird things that they do. Yeah. And I think it's really just for attention. Is you know, they'll see attention on some someone, some other celebrity, and they want that attention. It's it's literally like a drug that they can't stop. And I really it, and it's, want you. It's I'm, dangerous. I'm, I'm... 
I'm very sorry because, I, like you mentioned, the Alyssa Milano sex thing, and I really want you to go back. If, if you find the time throughout the week before we next talk again and do the show, I want you to go back and check out an episode of Voices of Misery where the title is literally Alyssa Milano wants us to stop having sex. I, th- I think I did that as a solo episode back before we uh, kind of got an audience and things like that when I was just kind of ramping myself a little bit. I want you to listen because I did address this a long time ago. And I, and as you were talking about that story, it, it, it made me reminisce a little bit. And it makes me hate that bitch so much more because I hate Alyssa Milano with all the passion in the world because you don't cuss. So I have to do all the cussing on the show. But, oh, my God, I hate that son of a bitch. She is such an evil human being. And it's great to have you on here because, like, you're a, a politically minded female. I wanted to get your perspective about how do you feel about women being perceived right now? Because there's a really interesting story going on right now. And I know, like, you're single and and you're in the dating game here. There was an article about people being shamed for not being attracted to trans people. And they're being shamed publicly now. So, for instance, just to give our, our listeners an example here, if you're, you're a cisgender woman, you're proud of being a woman, you embrace being a woman, right? Let's say you're at a club, right? And I'm a guy, obviously, born a male, and I transition into a female. And I'm just big nerd, dumb-looking dude. And I put a wig on and say I'm a woman. And I walk into a bar and I'm like, hey, you like women? And you're like, no, I can call you a, 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 a person that's shaming other people because you're not attracted to someone who identifies as whatever the hell they want you to think that they're supposed to be. Uh, that's probably a bad example. So let me think of another one. Okay, so all right, so, <laughs> all right, so how about this, right? So I'm a man, right? And I'm sitting in because, – because this whole thing is so far beyond the the realm of human possibilities that you have to like put yourself in this fantasy world as if you're talking about weird shit that doesn't exist. Like God, you, you know, like weird things like that. <laughs> I, I had to throw that out there cause I'm talking to you right now, but all right. So like, let's just say, all right, so let's just change the subject up here. All right. So I'm a guy, I'm sitting in a bar and you come in there and you have like a buzz cut and you're obviously born a woman and you're saying, oh, no, fucking, it, this is so weird. It's so fucking weird because like you have to just kind of throw yourself out there into this fucking world that doesn't exist. But now it's becoming a reality. I'm a guy who was born in 1982. So I'm born into this world where, you know, things are supposed to make sense and they're changing it up. Okay. I got it now. Okay. So like I'm in there at a bar, right? And a guy comes in there who was born a male, but now is a woman. And he goes, Hey. I'm this beautiful woman. You want to buy me a drink? And I'm like, no, because you're a dude. And he goes, no, I'm a girl. And I say, no, you're a dude. And we get into an argument. People are now shaming other people for not being attracted to people that identify as the opposite sex of which they are. Does that make sense? No, but that's the last. <laughs> it does. It's just, it's so hard to put into words because it's such a fucking bizarre world that we live in now. It's so weird. And here, here is what we're actually starting to see we're actually starting to see a division in the LGBTQIA community. Uh, We're starting to see a division because the trans community and the gay and lesbian community, they're they're at odds. They they are conflicting ideas. They Mm -hmm. don't make sense in any stretch of the imagination. And so, like, for, for, for... 
for for the trans community, they basically always spout that oh, gender doesn't matter. Gender has no influence on anything. You can be a man or a woman, whatever you want. I mean, there's 80 different genders according to them, or there's 100 now. I don't know. Facebook has like 88 or something the last time I checked. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. You can look up yourself. There are 88 on their list. I don't know how there's that many, but okay. But if you're, let's say you're gay, sexual attraction to a certain gender. So if you can be any gender, (laughs) then it it goes against homosexuality. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I really think there's going to be a division very soon. I think it's already happening. It's just, it's just not super pronounced yet, but it's going to happen because this whole, like, I will not judge anyone for their lifestyle. I'll be like, okay, whatever. But if someone comes to me, let's say it's, you know, a trans person and they want to date me, I'll be like, no. I will say no. And if they try shaming me, I'll be like, look, this is what I'm looking for. And I'm not ashamed of that. If you want to try to make me feel guilt, try. But you won't succeed because I don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. There are, and, and I feel for people that do suffer from like gender dysphoria, that's a real thing, but it actually only affects like 0.0006%. Yeah. Like, it's a very low percentage of people that actually suffer from this. I really think trans, the community and everything, it's a fad. It is. It's just popular. It's, you know, you can get a lot of things if you're, if you claim that you're trans. I think it's just, it's really a political game. It's, and and it's really dangerous idea at the same time. Because I believe that there are two genders. Now, if someone wants to say that they want to be a different gender, okay, I'll respect, I'll respect that, you know, you know, I respect you as a human being, I'll respect your choices, like, teach their own, you know, I totally respect that. But don't force your ideology onto, onto me. Don't force me to try to accept that ideology because I don't accept it. There are two genders in my mind. For me, there are two genders. I feel the Male same and female. like like that that's how simple it is it's there are not 80 genders I I don't believe that there are 80 genders I, I really don't and you know if that's weird you know I just I try to respect people but at the same time that's my belief and and quite frankly science supports that <laughs> wait what's science science only matters when it comes to wearing masks apparently now apparently Although, how much science actually supports mask wearing? Yeah, I know. We're not trying to go down that path. We should stay away from COVID. But but it's very interesting that, that, you know, the left wants to force this ideology of, you know, being trans. And anyone that says anything against the trans community is canceled instantly instantly it doesn't matter what they say i mean i applauded matt walsh i don't know if you saw this this happened way before covid (laughs) it feels like forever ago it must have been almost a year ago Mm. but there was a little boy in texas 
and his mom i i don't know what her issue was issue was but the husband i guess they'd been separated and the husband wanted full custody of their son because she was turning their son trans she wanted him to go through the whole like chemical the hormone he is seven years old seven years old and she's like well he likes he likes frozen so he's a girl Mm. poor kid so confused and his mom was actually like she's a doctor like you would think she would know better and so not many people knew about this case because the father was trying to get custody because he didn't want his son to go through a procedure like that he's i remember this i remember this this? i can't believe you didn't know no i i i remember this now vividly because he fought her in court and he won he did won he did win. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a full one. He didn't get like full custody. Yeah. But she had to get his permission yep. to, to, to get that procedure done on the son. And apparently the boy, like he, he would say that his mom would like deny him affection and stuff. If he mm-hmm. didn't, if he didn't wear a dress or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you're 18, go, go and do what's best for you. Like I'll respect that. But do not force it on children, Kate. Because you see lots of cases, and and Bello once talked about a case that he heard where there was twins, and these two twins actually ended up committing suicide because one of them was forced to tra- to go through the transformation or whatever, and and it caused so much trauma because they were like little kids. That mm-hmm. when they were 16, they both committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing. If you are an adult, I mean, when I was, when I was 16, I didn't know anything like about myself. Like I had no identity hardly. Like I was still learning about me. How do yeah. you expect someone that's seven? Okay. Seven year olds. They don't know what, how they don't even know how to like, I mean, you're a dad. You're a yes. dad. So, like, you know that kids, they don't, they have no comprehension of gender. They don't know what it is. They don't nope. even know how to make, like, a decent meal. You ask them to make something good, they'll put ketchup on oatmeal. Like, yeah. like really. Like, they don't know. Yes. They, they, so they have correct. no comprehension. Parents have to teach their children. And it takes... It takes at least 18 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and as adults, we're still growing, we're still learning about ourselves. But how do you expect a seven-year-old to know anything about their <laughs> own gender? They have no idea what that is. You're they, creating they don't like you're they, creating. they don't get it. They they have no comprehension. So to force yeah. it on kids when they don't even know themselves, they don't even know like basic things. Mm-hmm. How how do you expect how do you expect them to understand something like that? It's to me that that is one of the most toxic elements of this whole movement. Is I agree. It's so weird. Forcing kids to go through this. Because it damages the them the rest of their lives. They do not recover from it. Most of them. No, they don't. It's not just that. It's like you're creating a recipe for freaking disaster because like, let's say if a seven year old transitions against her will, 
we've already talked about this a little bit earlier today where like, you know, like your brain doesn't even form to the person you're supposed to be until you're 24, 25 years old. So what happens if this person who transitions at seven against their will because they've been injected with these hormones that are irreversible for the most part, turns 24, 25 years old and are like, wait, I like being a guy. I don't want to be a woman anymore. I want to be the person I was born to be. What happens then? They become suicidal. That's why the suicide rates are so freaking high because people, they, they get these thoughts and ideas in their head. They do things they don't want to do. And, and you know, they there's no way out but killing yourself. That's why suicide rates are so high. I don't know if you can attribute that to mental illness or not. And for those of you that are wondering, like, like I'm not speaking from a place of, you know, just being naive or naivety or whatever, because I did have a person on the show who is a transition, fully transition from a, a male to a female uh, show I did on the podcast, Voices of Misery, um, with Taylor Suchek is their name. And I had one of the best podcast interviews I've ever had. Uh, we talked for uh, probably three hours, knowing me, uh, probably that long. I don't remember how long it was. It was a few months ago. But if you look at, if you type in Taylor Suchek, S-O-U-C-H-E-K, you can look at that interview. And I talked to a, an actual person who was trans. It was a very respectful interview. It was very good. And I was trying to understand it. I'm still trying to understand it because this whole thing is just a journey of trying to learn what the hell other people are going through. And I just don't want to be like a closed-minded human being, but when you mention there's 80 different genders plus on, on Facebook, it's like, what the fuck could you possibly click? There's two, there's man and woman. And I can understand you're a, 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 a trans. So, all right. So let's just say there's three genders. You're a man, you're a woman, or you're trans. You're just a person who doesn't know what the fuck you are. Then let's just say there's three. Okay. I can, I can easily agree on three, but 80, what the hell else is there? What the fuck else is there? Like you're just making up shit at this point. Oh, Oh, I'm a man who identifies as a fish. It's like it's like what the fuck else is there seriously like, when are we going to stop and say all right let's just cool the fuck down with this shit not everything needs to be accepted are we going to get rid of crazy homes can you imagine a batman comic book without arkham asylum where you put the crazy people i think that's what we're going to get to in america where people aren't crazy anymore it's just they're just different we have to accept them everyone's accepted because what if i identify as a person who doesn't have to pay their bills anymore Oh, I'm a person who's, oh, I identify as a millionaire who, who already has their debt paid off. So debt collectors need to stop calling me and, and, and stop trying to repossess my shit. Is that going to be socially acceptable? Or no, like, no, you have debts. Like, no, you have a dick. You're a man. It's like, where, where do we draw the lines here? I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous what I'm saying, but it also is ridiculous what we're being told to believe in certain situations. No, you are not a unicorn. You're not a fucking cheetah. I don't give a shit if you get tattoos of a fucking reptilian person. You're not a snake. I don't know if you saw that one. There's a guy in South Carolina who got like reptile scales tattooed all over his body. So he identifies as a fucking snake. It's, 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 it's so weird. Like when do we draw the line and say, no, reality is reality and fiction is fiction. Live your life the way you want to live it, but you're not going to force everyone to, to fall in line with your own way of thinking because that makes you feel safe. You're in your safe space. It's fucking crazy. There was a video of this guy who, and they were basically having this conference, and I, I don't have the clip, but we played it in the show a while back, where this guy stood up, because they were like, does anyone have anything they want to say? And the guy stands up and he goes, I want everyone in this room to stop yelling so much, or stop whispering so much, because I have sensory overload right now. And then he sat down. Another person said, I want you guys, can we please stop using pronouns? Can we just stop using those because I am offended as a trans woman? And he's a and he's a humongous male, obviously, saying he's a woman, saying that he was he didn't want to hear he or she to stop using pronouns, right? 
And it's just like, can we just fucking stop? It's insanity right now. I appreciate everyone. I love everybody. I don't want people to feel like I'm, I'm hating on how they believe in life or however they want to live their life because I, it doesn't affect me personally. It's just the path we're going down. It's just very disturbing and just really fucking weird. It is. And, and it's in everywhere. It, it's not just in the trans community. It's, I mean, look at, look at abortion. They say, I mean, women can decide whether or not that's a life or not. Like, like if they're nine months pregnant and they're going through labor and they don't want to keep that baby, that doctor will crush that baby's skull. And, <sighs> and, and, and it's like, okay, let's, let's get away from what you perceive to be true and what's actually mm-hmm. true. So it's, it's this idea and this is a whole left ideology and it's going to come crashing down on them eventually. Like it's just going to happen because it doesn't make sense. And, and they're battling within, within each other. I think in these ideas is just because you want something to be true doesn't mean it's true. Yes. So, they, they they want to believe that, you know, there's all these genders that you can perceive yourself to be whatever or um, or a life isn't a life until you decide it's a life. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's it, it's a very dangerous ideology to think like, like that. And a lot of people are thinking like that. And that is very scary that they <laughs> are getting away from facts. They're getting away from actual science. And saying, well, it, it's my truth. It's you, know, you get a lot of people that will say, this is my truth. No, there's, there's no your truth or my truth. There's the truth. There's actual truth. And, that, and you, if you say it's your truth, that's your perception of truth, not actual truth. So we're getting away from that. And, you know, you're seeing that with, like, the 1619 Project. Where, you know, they, they perceive that that's when America was born and that's why, you know, America is evil and, and racist and all of these things. And no, America was, was born 1776. That's when yes. we were born. Like, not 1619. Okay, because I'm sorry, look at history and look at other countries and, you know, look at what, what actually happened. And, and they want to change our history. They want to change, they want to teach children the wrong truth. Like, they want to teach them lies about history of America and history of the world, really. And so it's just, it's all coming together. It's in different factions of the whole left power. And, I mean, this is something that, you know, Stalin would do. Or Hitler yep. would do, okay? Because Reshape this is about your own image. this is about power over people, and and they've been. I mean, they've yeah. been in everything. I mean, they're they're in our educational system. They're in Hollywood. They're in the media now. Um, mm. They're everywhere, and it's something that you know. I think people on the right kind of let happen. I think we're to blame for some of it. <laughs> I think so. We kind of just stood by and let it happen. We didn't fight against it when it could have made a difference. So, you know, this, this whole ideology that they have is so dangerous because it gets more and more extreme. It does. It does. Uh, t- 
10 years ago, they never said that there were 80 genders. They never even thought that. Ever. I mean, even even though there were trans, you know, men and women in the community, they they didn't treat it like it is now. You know, it's like like an oddity. Look at what they're doing to sports. I mean, women's sports are suffering like crazy now. And no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about these girls that have no chance mm-hmm. at true competition because they're not separating trans people in, in the sports. I think they should have like their own sports. I think so. Time. I agree. Because it would be more fair because if you have, you know, a man transitioned into a woman and he's competing or she's competing or I, I don't know what the <laughs> pronouns are. Or they force you to say, pronouns. yeah. I don't know pronouns. So whoever that person is, um, and then they compete with other girls, guess what? The girls don't win. None of them do. Never. It's the trans person that's winning, and they're winning all of these things, and it's like, that's because it's not fair. Mm -hmm. Because that person has an advantage, meaning he was born a male, (laughs) meaning there are certain things that make men and women different. And mm-hmm. men are physically stronger. And even That's if he fact. transitions and has a surgery, you don't take that away. That doesn't go away. <laughs> so he has an advantage or she has an advantage over the other girls. And how is that how is that fair in women's sports? It's, it's not, not fair. We we and and you just see them getting more and more extreme every single year. It's just I, I I'm curious when they're just gonna fall on their faces with all of these yeah. believed perceptions. And and it's just going to fall around them because eventually they're going to contradict each other. Really interesting, too, was uh, the women's World Cup soccer team lost to a, like a high school male soccer team. And there was also another thing that happened where um, – this woman, she set a bunch of like triathlon records and she was beaten by like high school kids that were doing the same thing. Like high school males, like just like destroyed her, her shit. And they were doing like these testings out there just to see like how, how males would fare like much younger males against an, like a high powered athlete woman. And these women were getting crushed and it's just, it, it's just wrong. There was a woman she was an MMA fighter. Uh, well, she wasn't born a woman. She was a man be transitioned to a woman named Fallon something or other. She went like five and one. She actually did lose one fight at the end of her career before she left. But she was beating a living piss at a woman. She went like five and one. The five fights she won, like dominated, beat the living crap out of women. And it's just weird how we're forced to accept that as a society. The fact that, you know, like you're letting like born men beat the crap out of women. I think that there needs to be a third, you know, like a like a maybe like a third sport or something or maybe make some kind of offset sport. If this thing does become something big, because like you said before, there's a very small percentage of trans people in in, in the world, even though the way that the media portrays transgenderism and the way that it's supposed to be this universally accepted thing and all 80 genders, you would think there's a lot more than there is, but actually the number is a lot smaller than what they're putting it out. But if it does become that big, we do need something different. We, we have to let women be women because women are really getting shit on. And I love women. I have a wife. I have two beautiful kids. 
I love women and I want them to be able to grow up and set their own records if they choose to get into sports one day. I don't want them to have to face off against a man becoming a woman because that's how they feel that day and crushing a record. And your favorite person or one of your favorite people, Zuby, made a joke where he was like, oh, I identify as a woman and crushed like a deadlift record. And it was hilarious. And he made a joke out of it. And this was a joke. You could watch this video on YouTube, people. Where he was like, I identify as a woman, and he did like this like weightlifting record or whatever the hell he did, and he like crushed it, and he and he got the world record that day, and I think they might have taken it back. I didn't really follow the story too much after that. You could probably elaborate more, but it's like if it's that easy and you can make a mockery out of it, then why is it a thing? Like maybe just make a trans record, a man record, and a woman record, like a cisgender man, cisgender woman, if we have to use the proper terms or whatever. It's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it I, is. And Nard, I, I want to ask you something. How comfortable would you be? Because you mm-hmm. have daughters, right? Yes. So let's say, you know, your daughters, I don't know their ages. They're probably not, you know, high school well, age. 12 and 10. Oh, so they're close. Okay. So there was actually a story about this last year that this happened. And I don't know if you heard about the story, but I want you to put one of your daughters in this situation. And see how you would feel. So there was a, I think she was like 15 year old girl and, you know, she does a lot of swimming. So she changes uniforms all the time. She's in the nude in the locker room a lot. And there was um, someone trans that wanted to be in the women's locker room. Okay. This is a boy. Oh, okay. I heard heard this. (laughs) Okay. Um, And there was a case and they went before the school board and the school board decided that because they, they even mentioned to the, the trans woman or whatever that we'll, we'll, we'll get you like your own place, like your own office or whatever that you can change into. And he or she didn't want that. Um, he, he or she wanted to be in the locker room, the women's locker room. And they interviewed the swimmer this female swimmer, and she was in tears when the school board said it was okay for that to happen. And she was terrified. She was in tears and she was scared because she's like, well, you're asking me to have someone that was born a boy to see me undress. Yeah, that ain't happening. So, like, why are people not seeing this? Because a lot of people are not good. <laughs> there, there are evil people in the world. So, mm-hmm. so if, if there's a man out there that wants to, you know, rape young girls or a boy that mm-hmm. wants to rape girls, all they have to do is put it's on these clothes and a wig and say that they're a trans woman now. Mm-hmm. And that, and that is so scary to me that that's where we're actually going. And, Mm-hmm. Well, how about something scarier? How about uh, like a pedophile, like a 55-year-old male of whatever race or whatever says, hey, you know what? I identify as a 13-year-old boy, so why can't I go after a 13-year-old girl? When do we draw the line? When does it become unacceptable to start, you know, like saying, no, this is not right. You're what you are, and that's it. When do we draw the line here? Like how how obscure? And I know that was a crazy reference I just threw out, like a fifty five year old guy saying, "Hey, I'm a fifty five year old pedophile, but 
I like young girls and I'm going to use this to, to, to gain acceptance because it's all about acceptance now. So I'm a 13 year old boy in my mind. I never grew up and I like 13 year old girls because that's where my mindset is. When do we draw a line and say, no, you're no, 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 no. Like when do we say no? Or when do we stop this shit? Because you can go down a really dark path and you really can just by thinking about it. Because if a guy can say he's a girl and a girl can say she's a guy and we have to accept that and we're saying people can be fish, people can identify as dogs. Like there's videos online of women being walked on leashes by their men drinking milk out of a fucking bowl because they're cats and dogs and all sorts of weird. There's so many weird things out there that people are just admitting to. I had an episode with a guy, uh, a good friend of mine named Neil. He's a furry. I don't know if you ever heard about the furries where they dress up in these like furry outfits. They pretend they're like dogs and cats and animals and shit. And they do things like sexually to each other. And I, and, and I had a nice interview. Great guy. Really good person. But like that's a fetish. And that's accepted now. So when and how far do we go before we say that's not a fetish, that's a crime, or that's not a fetish, that's a mental illness? When do we put a stop to this? When do you think that's going to happen? I think it's just going to grow. I think this is something where I know you're going to hate what I'm going to say. No, say it. Okay. So this is where morality is going out the window. And I think a big factor is that people, the majority of society is starting to go away from any type of spiritual moral center, any type of faith background, majority of society. Okay. And so you're seeing this where you know, like, as a Christian, you know what tells me what's right and what's wrong? The scriptures tell me what's right and what's wrong. The Bible tells me that it's not okay to, you know, kill someone. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not okay to do, to lie, to steal, to, you know, false witness, all of these things. And, you know, I have, you know, I I, I know for myself what is right and what's wrong. And what we're seeing in society today is people are justifying evil to say, well, well, this is what I perceive to be true, or this is, you know, this is just a fetish, or this is this. Um, but we're seeing where people are, this is a religion. The left ideology is becoming a religion, okay, if you really think about it. And it so it is, because... At the end of the day, most people, majority of people want something to believe in. They need something to believe in, something mm-hmm. greater than themselves. And so, you know, you're seeing where, you know, people need a moral center to know what's right and what's wrong. And if they don't know what's right and what's wrong, they're just they're just going to justify all these different actions to say, well, you know, yeah. This, this is, this is, you know, what society says it's okay. So it's okay, you know? Um, and so you're seeing this a lot. And this is, you know, when, when you talk about pedophilia and you're talking about, you know, guys going into women's locker rooms, 
What do you think is going to happen there? What is actually going to happen? That is where a lot of evil happens. It mm-hmm. does. Because people need morality in their lives. They do. They need to have that center. And if they don't, if they don't, then they just, they'll just, they'll just go, they'll just let that go. And they'll just be like, I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to do what I want without paying consequences. Because there's a consequence to every choice that we make in life. That's true. And, and, and the left teaches that you don't have to face consequences. We'll get you out of the consequences. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for any consequences. That's why, you know, you're seeing these monuments getting torn down. You're seeing um, all these violent riots with nothing happening. You're seeing a lot of human trafficking happening. And you don't see the media ever talk about that. You don't see the media talk about how thousands and thousands of kids are being raped every day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you if if you looked at the numbers, um, you would be shocked. I, I think you'd be horrified if you saw how many kids are actually being raped, being put into these sex trafficking rings. Um, there was a story, and and I'm going to get into like a little border here. Um, hey, go for it. But there was a story of, of, of this young girl who had been kidnapped and she had been put into a child trafficking ring. And they were trying to cross the U.S.-Mexican border. And she, they actually caught her captors or owners or whatever. Um, and she, she was able to eventually, it took years, but eventually she was able to, you know, get back into society and things but um if because there was strict border they had to go through the border and um the patrol people were they know that a lot of human trafficking happens over the border and they were being proactive that day and they saved her life and she was she's like that's why we need borders because there's so much sex trafficking that goes over the border that most people do not realize. Most people have no idea that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the women that come over the border from Mexico, guess what? A lot of them aren't there willingly. Okay. Let them get sold into it because their so, families make money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really scary and sad, but you know, we really need to look at what's really going on. You know, you see the left ideology focus on slavery and they focus on the historical, you know, what happened in the past, hundred over 150 years ago. Um, but they're not, they never address what actually is concerning society today. And there is a slave trade today and it's called human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And it's the scariest thing, <laughs> I think, and you, you know who's actually fighting it? Ivanka Trump, Yakov Gunin, yes. who yep. are, I mean, they are leaders through this. They are like the top leaders. And they get the most criticism. They get the most hate. Why? Because they're fighting human trafficking? Like, it, it's just very interesting that, 
you know, they claim that they're for the Democrats and the left claim they're for the people, but they're really not. Um, if, if they just if they just let this slide, I mean, you know, it, it's just very interesting to me that, you know, they pick and choose what's important to them, who's important and who's not. It's whatever fits their needs at the time. That's exactly how they are. That's that's all they ever are. But I do agree with you about one thing, and you're going to be shocked here. I know everyone's going to be shocked listening to this right now. I have come around listening to what you said here about faith being a good thing in certain situations. That's as, as far as I'll settle here on that whole argument. And we do have to get into the abortion thing eventually. And uh, we do have to have a, a discussion on that in one of these episodes coming up because we, we, we are the same on some aspects there, but very far apart on other aspects. So we have to do that. But as far as the religion thing goes, I feel like some people need that fear because I believe religion is a fear-based thing to keep them from doing horrible things. And I think some people are, they have this gene ingrained in them to do horrible things because they're horrible people inside. And I think that the fear of an afterlife where you're going to burn in hell eternally is enough to keep them from doing horrible things in life, if that makes sense. So I do feel like it's a good control mechanism. I equate religion almost to the Democratic Party, where they have to build fear in order to gain power. And I feel like that's how the religious aspect of life is. When you have these political, you know, uh, sects, you have, you know, like you got the Mormons, you've got the Christians, you've got the Catholics, you've got all these other, you, you know, you got the Jewish, you got all these other fucking things. You got Buddhism. There's a million different religions out there, right, that I can name probably right now, but I don't have the time. And every person has their own aspect of how things are supposed to be. And they control you. It's like, OK, this is how it is. This is what you have to do. Uh, fucking um, uh, Scientology is the worst. You have to give us all your money. And if you ever turn against us, no one in your family who believes in Scientology will ever talk to you again. So you have to stay with us. It's, it's such a weird control mechanism. So I do feel like it does help people that are naturally bad people to have some kind of faith because it keeps them from doing horrible things. And I wonder how many people that are really horrible people that are the most Christian or most religious people out there. I don't want to just put a, a bad light on Christianity, even though. That's probably my most hated religion out there, uh, just coming from a personal standpoint. I, I wonder how many people religion keeps from doing horrible things because they're horrible people out of fear. You know, does that make sense to you? Because I'm trying to come halfway here and I don't want to do a, a religious thing because we can save that for later because we're already going long. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I was going to throw a lot of shit out there. <laughs> yeah, a little. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I think. Here's the thing. When it comes to religion and the whole fear thing, I think man has to do a lot with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I grew up different. I don't know. (laughs) But for me, my faith, my religion was about love. It was about serving others. It was about wanting to do the right thing because you wanted to do it, not because there was all this fear of course for us it's different because you know we 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 know you know certain things about the afterlife that a lot of people don't so Mm -hmm. we, we we don't really i don't fear i think 
when I look at, like, I think a lot of people, they say, well, you know, I need to do the right thing because I know I will be judged one day on what I do in life. So where do I want to go? Where do I want to end up? What type, what kind of person do I actually want to be? Um, I think religion can be good and bad depending on your, um, on your perspective. I think we have lost in society having the right perspective. There was a video that Dan Crenshaw did, and I think I, I had you watch it. I saw it. Um, but he did a video, and you can look it up on YouTube or whatever. It's a very empowering video and it was for the 2020 uh, graduation class phenomenal video speech for them which i think is one of the best speeches i wish i heard that when i graduated high school honestly Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was like the best speech i've ever heard very very inspiring speech yeah and so this man if no one that's listening knows is he lost an eye because he was a seal and there was an attack and he lost his eye in the process and he had to go through this transition phase and trying to decide what he needed to do with his life. Um, but he had two choices when he lost that eye, he could say, well, I have to deal with this. I have to like, now I have to deal with being half, you know, blind. I have to deal with that now. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, I get to deal with this now. Yep. How many people on the left have that type of perspective? None. They play the, none, they of, none of them do. None of them do. They play All the victims. Is they whine and complain, and they don't really see. And and this is what faith does for me. This is what it does for me, and it does for a lot of people. Okay, you can say what you want, and and I am sorry that you have had such a horrible experience with faith and religion. I do. I wish you had more positive experiences so you can know where I'm coming from, where you can know where thousands and millions of people come from on why faith is so important to them. For me and and for a lot of people that I know that that do have religion and, and a spiritual center in their lives is it's it's that right perspective is saying, you know what, I get to have this beautiful life what am i gonna do to live it Mm -hmm. what am i gonna do to make it worthwhile what can i do to help others to serve others to show love to others um and and what 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 aspects of my life can can i improve upon can i how do i become a better person and you know honestly faith reassures me it's a comfort it lets me know that you know no matter what happens as long as i just try to be the best that i can be the best type of person i can be everything will be okay everything will be okay i don't need a fear i have no fear i don't all i have is faith and love in my life that's what drives me Fear does not drive me at all. It doesn't drive me in, in my religious beliefs in any way. I don't, I don't, I fear, 
I fear Satan <laughs> more than I fear God. Because I know at least God loves me. Satan does not love me. He, he wants to destroy me. He wants me depressed. He wants me sad. He wants me angry. He wants me to commit suicide. He wants me to be miserable because he is miserable. Do you think, think that's what's, um, what? I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm very sorry to cut you off here, but like, but I'm, I'm listening to everything you're saying. And, and I'm wondering, because like you said, like, you don't like, you don't fear anything, but you fear Satan because of thoughts of like suicide and things like that. Do you think these are thoughts that maybe like you might have cooked up or maybe these are things in your head that are there already. And maybe you're having an internal battle that maybe you see as God and the devil when it's really you versus yourself. And the reason why I ask that is not as like a personal thing, like towards you, because I used to think this as well growing up. My father told me this one little thing that I can say when I ever had bad thoughts. He said that was always a devil trying to put them in my head. And he said, say this out loud, Satan, I, re I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. And I remember him saying that to me, and he explained it to me by saying that when you say that out loud, the devil just runs away like a scared dog. You know, he just runs off and takes off, and, and that's it. And every time you have a bad thought, you say that. And I remember saying that multiple times as a kid, and and I would feel this sense of like, oh, I did something, but I would have multiple bad thoughts, and then I'd keep saying it over and over again. So I kind of internally rationalized that as like, hey, maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe it's not a Satan versus God thing. Maybe this is just me having these thoughts. And maybe I have to kind of work this out as an internal thing and maybe cut out the big guy and the bad guy by saying, like, I have to take care of this on a personal level before I can take on some existential being or some supernatural existence of something that may happen or may not happen. And the reason why I live my life the way I do is because I'd rather live my life knowing that when I die, that I was a person who lived their life the way that they wanted to on their own terms. And I mean, I, I am a very, very faulted person. I've always admitted my faults. I do it here every single week, multiple times a week, whenever I do the voices of misery. And now here doing this show with the great Bonnie. I admit it all the time. I'm not a perfect person. I'm nowhere near close to it. I'm probably closer to the latter. And uh, I feel comfort in that, knowing that I'm doing it on my terms. And if I die five minutes from now and I go up to the pearly gates and God's like, hey, I'm here. I'm real. I would look at him and say, shit, I was wrong. Am I good enough? And if he says no, I, I would accept my fate. But I would question him. I would say, wait, before you press that button, send me to hell. Can I ask you a few questions? He, if he's a good enough person, he'll listen to me and say, sure, say your peace before I send you to hell because you never accepted me as your Lord and Savior. I would say, God, did I treat people how I'd want to be treated? I'd say, yeah, sure. Did I uh, take care of my family? Uh, honor my wife, honor my kids? I'd say, sure, why not? Did I take care of animals? My Like my dogs are treated like fucking queens in this household yeah sure you know so why am i going to hell god and he would say you know what because you didn't worship me and i'd say well i'm hey i ain't gonna do it forever so send me to hell you know <laughs> because to me like just worshiping something is just it's just it's such a weird thought like why do i have to worship someone in order to be given some higher 
being. That's why I hate Christianity and why I love Mormonism. And I don't want to turn this episode into a big religious thing. And I and I will give you time to do rebuttal, obviously. But I do want to do a religious episode because I feel like it's, it's a great topic, something we both feel very passionate about and have a lot of things that we want to get out for chess. But I do love Mormonism because it does give you a chance to atone. That's why if I ever did subscribe to one religion, it would be that. And not this like, okay, either yes or no, and that's it forever, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, well, with with Christianity, I feel like they just don't have enough information. I am very blessed to be a Latter Day Saint, to be Mormon, to to know a lot of things that a lot of Christians don't have. They they have they have very general terms. It's heaven or hell, right? I mean, it's it's very simple in some ways, um, but for me. When it comes to knowing whether or not I'm being spiritually guided by by God or I'm being, you know, manipulated or, or how, um, you know, Satan's trying to make me feel certain things, I I have learned the difference. Yeah. And, and that is something we have a scripture in our DNC and it's. It basically talks about how do you know when something's true for you or not? How do you know something's true? And what it says in that scripture is you'll know in your mind and your heart that it's true. And that's that's a very um, powerful thing. So it's when when I feel like um, sometimes Satan's pushing thoughts into my head, which I have experienced that. Um, the minute I kneel down and I pray, the feelings I get can never be just for myself. I wish I could convey them in the right way. And I wish you could feel what I feel when I kneel down and pray. It's like the most beautiful warmth just encompasses you and you just feel so much peace and it's and love. And it's honestly, most times I'm in tears because it is so overwhelming and that is not something I just feel on my own. Just no. (laughs) Um, It's just, I don't think that I could just go from feeling super depressed, feeling super angry all of a sudden, and then suddenly feel all that just in an instant. It, to me, and, and I wish you had the experiences that I have had um, in dealing with this, because I do believe that there is workings of evil in our world. And they want, and, and I totally believe that Satan wants us miserable. He does. Uh, because he can never have what we have. He is jealous of us. He will never have a body like we do. He will never be able to progress. He'll never be able to reach salvation, no matter how hard he tries. And he wants to bring as many of us down with him as he possibly can. And, you know, and there are things in this world that, aren't just 
by happenstance. They don't, they're, I don't believe in coincidence. <laughs> I, I really don't. I believe everything happens for a reason. And when it comes to talking about, how, you know, n- knowing whether or not, you know, you're being inspired by God or you're, you're being tempted or you're kind of being dragged down a path by saying, I totally believe that that's the case. Sometimes it's by self. Like we, I totally believe that sometimes we lead ourselves down a dangerous road. You know, like if you let yourself get into debt or whatever, that's kind of on you. That's, you need to be accountable for that. That's your responsibility to get yourself out of debt. If you got yourself into debt in the first place, um, that is, that's not on saying that's, that's on you. Sometimes humans, we just make, we just do stupid things. Um, and we have to pay the consequence for sometimes being dumb humans. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. Um, but sometimes, you know, there are other works, other forces of nature that that are trying to manipu- manipulate a situation. But I've never believed that God is about fear and control. I think that's more sand element, to be honest with you. Um, I think God knows so much that we don't know. And so he asks us to do certain things that we may not understand. We may not know. For example, in the 1800s, when um, when our church was being restored, uh, Joseph Smith asked the saints, and he said, this is what, you know, God wants us to do. He said, "I we want you to stop smoking and drinking. This is 1800s. Okay. They drank and they smoked like daily basis that was really hard for a lot of members of the church to do at the time a lot of them didn't understand it they they're like why why should we stop this like sure they didn't know the science they didn't know that you know back then there was no there was no science to tell them that tobacco was bad for you (laughs) but let me ask you this really quick okay because i don't want to because like i lose my thoughts really quick um so why was it acceptable before? Was it just something they came up with themselves? Like, okay, well, I'm going to smoke this, and, and this is a good thing that I enjoyed. It took God to tell them it was wrong, or did God tell them it was okay, and then flipped it and okay. said, no, it's not good anymore? Okay, so um, when the church was restored, um, 1836, um, there were, after that, during... During the whole, when the saints were, you know, establishing the church um, and everything, there were a lot of new things happening. Um, and and you got to understand what was happening to them. Um, the Mormons were not treated very good by other people. Um, you can look at the, you know, order number 44 in... Missouri, and you can Google it if you don't believe me. Um, it was the only extermination order for a group of people in the history of the United States. Mm. And it was against my ancestors. It was against the early members of the saints. The, there was a lot of hate against them. They were being hunted down. They were moving from place to place. And, and there was a lot going on. And so when this order was issued, and I can't remember what year, I think it was, I want to say 1844, 
And I'm not, I, I don't know why God didn't do it on, you know, the day the church was reestablished, 1836. I, I don't know. I don't know that answer because quite frankly, I haven't asked that of God yet. So, you know, I, I, I could get back to you, but, but I think, um, and this, this, this order was what we call the word of wisdom. Okay. It's, it's basically just God telling us to treat our bodies good. So, because we believe that our bodies are like temples, so we need to treat them like temples. So, no, don't consume anything that's bad for you. It's basically God telling us that, you know, I want you to take care of the body that I've given you. This is, this is a big responsibility and you should be taking care of it. So don't put tobacco in your lungs. <laughs> don't drink alcohol that kills your brain cells and isn't great for your liver. Um, you know, eat, eat, you know, grains and fruits and veggies and meat that I, you know, I put on the earth for you to, you know, build up a healthy body. You know, don't, don't have, you know, tea or coffee. And studies have shown that, you know, caffeine is not really good for you. Um, it's an addictive sub substance. If you just look at it that way, that's not really good for you to have to rely on something um, like that. So for us, we look at the word of wisdom, like our Heavenly Father telling us, you have a beautiful body, take care of it. And, you know, when, when, and, and quite frankly, the early members of the saints, when they were asked to do this, they had no idea why they were being asked to do that. They didn't know why they just knew that this, this, this was happening and it wasn't put in place right away <laughs> because, you know, God understands that people need time to acclimate, acclimate to new um, changes. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, so it actually wasn't like actually like, you know, um, enforced is a bad term, but, but, basically put into the church as like a church guideline as a, this is, this is what we do as, as members of the church. This is what we do. This is the type of lifestyle we live. And let me tell you, I am judged so harshly for not drinking. Let me, let me put that out there. When I lived in Texas, they thought I was Looney Tunes. Okay. <laughs> we did. They thought I was crazy for not drinking. Of alcohol in Texas. Like they thought, yeah. I mean, everyone drinks down there, but they literally thought I was insane. They're like, why? That makes no sense. Um, and when I explained it to them, they actually respected me for it more because they would try to tempt me. They're like, do you want, do you want some of this beer or do you want, you know, a little cocktail? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And they actually started to respect me even more because I stood by what I believed in. I stood by my convictions. And that is something we're not seeing in society. They get exactly. pushed into, you know, and you're seeing this even on people on the right. I mean, look at our a lot of the, the Republican Party. I mean, they are, most of them are shameful um, because they just allow the left to push them. And you know what? My faith is said to, to stand up for what I believe in no matter the consequences, no matter what is against you, mm -hmm. because you know what? You have God on your side. 
He is supporting you. And if you stand up for what's right, yeah, you'll be blessed for that. Like there, there will be a reward for you standing up against the mob, standing up for what you believe in. And I think no matter what you believe in, you know, I think that that is true courage is to stand against people that hate you for what you believe in, but you stand for it anyway. Look at what's happening to that. Um, the owner of Goya. He's oh, goodness up. gracious. He is standing up against the mob and yeah, he, he doesn't care. Look at what happened to Kanye last year. Mm-hmm. Was it a couple years ago when he he said, "I stand by the president"? When he first wore the MAGA hat, I remember. Yeah. He was there shocked. was so much hate, so mm-hmm. much, and I'm like, "Wow!" Like, I mean, this is Kanye. I mean, he is very well loved, and a lot of people just thought he was crazy. They just called him crazy. They called they, him they, insane. You see, the other day he could be crazy for all we know. <laughs> he probably is. But to call someone crazy because they support someone politically, that's just, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I think we need to respect each other more. We need, we have lost that. Have we have lost the, the aspect of being open-minded and, and respecting each other, even if your views are different. Like me and you, we have very, very different views. Of course. Things like abortion, religion, <laughs> just to Real. name a couple. <laughs> Those are the two biggest ones. Yeah, those are the two biggest ones. But mm-hmm. we still respect each other at the end of the day. Yeah, we get along I mine. Yeah, we totally do. do. I mean, we respect each other. And, and honestly, like, I wish we could regain that in society. We would get so much stuff done if we could just learn to respect each other's opinions and just say, you know, you have the right to your own opinion. I have the right to mine. And, you know, let's be friends anyway. You know, who cares? You know? It's called each one teach one. That's something we just don't have anymore in society. People just don't care. It's it's either I'm right because I want to get those Facebook likes. I want to get those Instagram likes, those Twitter likes. And if I have more likes than you, it must mean I'm right and you're wrong. And that's just the way it is anymore. No one gives a shit about anybody. The last thing I did want to just kind of touch on is um because like, you know, like we talked about this before. We're like, oh, we're, we're going to be about an hour and a half. And look at us. We're about two hours and 15 minutes or so just – just because, like, it's so easy for us to do this because it's something that we only do once a week together, and it's so easy to go. Like, we can go 10 hours probably and still have fresh things to talk about next week. It's just the way we are. But one thing I, 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 I did want to talk about real quick here is uh, the fact that you were talking about God and the fact that he gives us options and things like that. And I, I, I did an episode very early in the podcasting days when I was even on SoundCloud doing it by myself before my wife came on board was I had an episode called, Are You a Better Dad Than God? And the reason why I, I, I say this is because, like, if God gives us all these things like tobacco, alcohol, drugs, all these horrible things that can potentially kill us and shorten our lives, why is that even an option? Because as a father, a person who loves their children, I would never put a cup of soda in front of them next to a cup of, like, water. And water is good. The body needs water. Water is – it's not going to harm you apparently, Right. But soda is, is a very disgusting drink, and I don't drink soda. I haven't drank in a very long time. I wouldn't do that to my kids. So why is someone who's supposed to be much better than me giving me that option or people that option that he supposedly loves more than anything, that he gave his only begotten son 
to make humankind the way it is now, why would he give us all these horrible things and, ex- and expect us not to do this when there are very harmful things out there that he put here? You know, that's something that I've always struggled with. And I know people, their biggest cop out is always free will. And that's their thing. Oh, oh, it's oh, it's free will. Yeah, but like there's always other options. And I feel like as a father, like I don't give my kids that option to do horrible things to themselves or, hey, here, how about you have this delicious dinner or you can have this one pound bag of gummy bears. Of course, I'm not going to give them that option. I'm going to say, here, eat your dinner. And because that's what's good for you, you know, I, I, I just don't ever get that comparison of free will. Like if God wanted us to be molded in his own image, why doesn't he give us things that make us closer to godliness instead of a bunch of losers and horrible things that happen on this earth? Why is, why is there an option that that's my final question to you here on this uh, episode of the podcast. And we will do, I feel like we're ending this one on a good note here as far as religion goes. And I think we should do a religious episode next time because I think we shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves as just doing politics. I feel like we should do whatever the fuck we feel like. And we'll talk about this in our little chat off air. Um, yeah. So I think what you're missing, um, I could be wrong, but there are certain substances that man created for themselves. Okay. God didn't create whiskey and say, here's this big temptation. You choose whether or not to drink it or not. Like man created whiskey. Okay. Let's be real. They created it. Um, There are certain things that can be good for your health. A lot of drugs are just used improperly. They're not used to actually benefit you the way that they're supposed to benefit you, right? Um, the way people people treat, you know, certain things like tobacco or marijuana or whatever, um, they use it for pleasure. They don't use it uh, because, you know, they have a certain medical condition or it's to help promote health or, or whatever. A lot of times it's, it's, it's not, that's not the intention that they're using it for, uh, alcohol for some people in, in, in the olden ages, it was to help treat. If you got wounded, they would pour that alcohol onto that wound, probably hurt like none other, but you know, (laughs) treat, yeah, they used it to treat wounds and they used it to help heal. Mm-hmm. But that does not how people treat a lot of alcohol today, is it? Uh, people use it for, for, for quite frankly, pleasure. I think it's a so lot pathetic. of the things that are harmful today are things that we have created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, because... I just don't think that we should just put all the blame on God (laughs) say, well, you put this all here. So I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to consume everything. Uh, That was not the intent of why he created certain things uh, because man, as far as men and women, sometimes we just are selfish. Sometimes we just want pleasure. Sometimes we just think of ourselves and we're just, and we're seeing it today a lot. 
actually is the focus on self and we're just focusing on self-love and all of these things not saying that that's bad if it's in the right context but we're sometimes we focus too much on ourself right and you you fight against the whole free will but do you know why you're here because you stood up for freedom you stood up for free will do, 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 I, I, that's my personal belief is that we are all here because we stood up for for true freedom and you know in in the beginning when the whole war in heaven it was about this it was about free will it was about whether or not we should choose for ourselves satan wanted us to be enslaved to the gospel he wanted us to have zero choice in anything we did no choice meaning we were practical slaves okay um but what did what did the savior want he wanted us to choose for ourselves what path we wanted to take that you know it was up to us the way we lived and i mean if you look at it from a father's perspective do you think it's easy for any father to let his children come onto this planet earth and go through what most human beings go through. No, I'm I'm sure that there's a part of him that wishes that he could he could make it easy for us that, you know, he could just get us to exaltation and it would just be that simple. Mm-hmm. But he knows that it's not that simple, that there is a way to being to going down that path, but we we have to go through this life. We have to face challenges and and face trial and and really decide for ourselves what path we take. It, it it needs to be a choice for us because at the end of the day, when you really think about it, God does love us, but He loves us enough to stand back and let us live. I feel like there's a little bit of a, like a gap in there because I, I don't know, because maybe just me being a very naive person who doesn't believe in the afterlife. I feel like we give too much credence to God as far as this omnipresent human being. I believe he's very flawed as well. I believe he's very jealous. I believe he uh, is very narcissistic. I believe he feels the need to be appreciated 24 7 because if god forbid and it depends on what religion you believe in if you don't give your 100 percent just imagine he's a democrat because i feel like if god was a real person he probably would be a democrat because he needs that approval he needs that power because if you go against him you get sent to this place of just pure hell Basically, they call it hell for a reason. It's just, I mean, there's so much to talk about with this right now. I mean, shit, we need to do the next episode on religion just because I feel like there's so much to go on. I mean, like we can go another few hours about this. and It's just like the whole thing about God is like, it, it, it's, it's like I would love to believe in a God that if I'm if I do good, I go to a good place. But there's so many contradicting or contradicting things out there where, no, it's not good enough. If 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 you're doing this, you have to do more. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm trying to be a good person. 
and I'm not breaking any of the Ten Commandments, so why can I get in? Oh, because you didn't obey this motherfucker and say, hey, you are my only father in life. You're, oh, I'm going to go to church every Sunday, do my tithes, and I'm going to say this prayer and accept my Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray to you every single night. It's like, when is enough enough? And I kind of feel that way with politics now, where it's like you have to put the mask on. You got to do this. You got to do that. And, and there's so many things. I'm not going to go down the politics thing anymore, but there's so many parallels to politics and religion. And when I kind of want a separation of both, and there's so much more to talk about. I mean, this is why this podcast is going to go a very long time, I think, because there's so much to talk about. And I feel like we could just go on and on and my thoughts are exploding and, and, and my notes, like the notes I have for this podcast, I've only touched on a couple of things. and I still got more for the next one. And the next one, I kind of want to do religion because I feel like we can do even more about that. And we've already done a couple of episodes on that before this podcast even became a thing with the two of us. So, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm just like a, I would love to believe I guess I'm going to say this in closing on my thoughts here. I would love to believe in religion. I would love to have something higher that I can believe in, that I can strive to be better for, but I feel like I don't need it. And there's a lot of people listening right now that would go the contrary and say, no, he needs God in his life because he has flaws. But then again, the way that I see it is maybe the people pointing fingers need to point them back at themselves and say, hey, I have flaws. I've done this. I've done that. And I could be better. And I feel like the people that are pointing the fingers have the most fingers pointed back at them for different reasons that they may not see because they're so clouded by their judgment against other people because of their belief in a being that may or may not happen or may or may not be a, a real thing. It just keeps them from having a different perspective in life. And I feel like no one knows. And I guess the last question I want to pose to you before we get into the plugging things and talking about, you know, the next episode or whatever is like, I've talked about what I would do if I died right now and went to heaven and God was real. And he's like, Hey, asshole, I'm here. I told you what I would do. What would you do if you close your eyes for the final time? God forbid that's not for a very long time. And you just drifted off into nothing. And there was no one waiting for you with pearly gates behind them. There were no angels singing songs of your praise. There was no exaltation or nothing like that. How would you feel knowing that you lived your life depriving yourself of things that you may have enjoyed as you not had this belief in something that never existed? How would you feel? Depends on your perception of joy. My, I, I, I think it, I think it really is your perspective. I live my life every day, totally at peace, and I have that knowing I am just doing what I believe is right, and I stand by that. I would die for that. I would die on my beliefs. I know that's really extreme. No, it's not. I would. I, I would. I'm sorry. This happened to my ancestors, okay? They they almost died for their own beliefs. And and when I was researching their lives, I realized I needed to ask myself the same thing. I need to say, 
how strong is my beliefs? And even, let's say this scenario happened where I just fade into nothingness. Would I regret what the way I've lived my life? No way. No way would I ever regret anything. Because I, I have such a strong belief. And it's not just a belief in an afterlife. That's not the, that's not the only thing that motivates me. What motivates me is saying, you know what? I want to be a good person. I want to strive to be better. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to progress. I want to take in all the beauty that is given in this life. And if this life is all that there is, then I am content with that. I am more at peace with that because I know that I have lived the best life that I can possibly live. And I have become the best person that I, I can be. I'm always striving to be better. I'm always striving to improve myself and, and to look for ways to be kinder, to be more loving, to be more educated, to, to learn and to grow as much as possible. And I honestly would have no regrets if that scenario happened. And, and this is, this is something that I was faced with a few years ago. Well, maybe about five years ago. Um, I almost died once and I had a near death experience. Actually, I almost suffocated and yeah, that was an experience. That was an experience. I'll say that. Um, I wouldn't want to go through that anytime soon. Yeah, of course not. But I had to really think about that because I started to have lots of panic attacks about that actually happening about just fading into nothing. And I had to really, really delve deeply into my own beliefs and my own faith and say, what do I actually believe on this? And, 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 you know, where is my faith on this? Because my faith was really tested in that period of time. I really had to face up to things and I really had to say, you know, where do I need to go so that I'm not having these panic attacks so I can actually feel at peace and feel knowing that no matter what happens, I'm at peace with the life that I've lived. And it was a process, but I went through that process and the process was knowing that no matter what happens, I have lived, I have become the best person I can be. And There was a lot of fear I had to overcome, but my faith grew so much um, in facing up to that and facing up to what, what I did and didn't believe. And I know this is hard for people that aren't religiously centered, that, that don't have that type of belief system. And I totally, I totally respect everything that you believe. I totally I totally do. I think you are one of the most amazing people I know. You are. I appreciate that. And, 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 and I, I really wish I yearn for the day that. Not that I want you to die. anytime. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, a lot of people do. So just join the club. (laughs) But I really, I hope I'm there when you see that, Everything is, is real. 
that you see that God is real. You see his love is real. You see that everything he's done, he's done because he wants you to be a strong man. He wants you to be the best person that you can be. And he wants you to embrace your true potential. And sometimes you force your kids to do things that they don't want to do. Okay, why do you have your kids do any type of chores around the house? Yeah, they clean their rooms occasionally, things like that. Things that they hate doing. Okay, why do you do that? Because I want them to know, like, hey, you know, like, cleanliness is next to godliness, you know, to steal a phrase here. And uh, I don't want them to live like scumbags, obviously, when they grow up. And I'm trying to teach them. And, of course, we have one daughter who, uh, unfortunately, she's autistic. And uh, she's going to have a hard time, a much harder time than my older daughter in life, kind of taking care of herself. So we we try to be extra on her as far as taking care of herself and things like that. But we just want people to be self-sufficient because we're not going to be here forever. Our lives are not you know, infinite, obviously. We have a very short time here in life. And I want them to just know, like, hey, you have to be able to do this after we're gone. That's why we kind of enforce things on them longer. Okay, so why why don't you think God does the same thing? Why do you think he has us obey so many commandments? There is a reason for them. It's not just because he's just trying to be a mean God. (laughs) Like, he's not trying to be cruel. He's not trying to be mean and take pleasure away from life. Mm. I, I think a lot of it is he knows so much. He has gone through the same process that you and I are going through. I know that sounds crazy. Okay. Yeah, and I'm probably the only faith that believes thing. that. Yeah, but he's supposed to be the originator. Like he's like the uh like he's the main one. Like it all starts somewhere and it all starts with God. So he never went through our stuff because he makes How the do you know? We have this really That's famous quote. Know. And I think it's the most beautiful quote and it gives a lot of comfort. As God once was, man now is. As God now is, man may become. Hmm. So it gives two very, and this is something Joseph Smith said, um, and it's said by scholars and things within our faith. And we really believe this. We really believe that, you know, this whole process of going through life and becoming perfected, which is a long, long journey, (laughs) Um, is something that God has gone through himself. He, he understands how hard it is. He understands what it's like to resist temptation. He knows what it's like to face trials. He knows what it's like to fall in love and have a family and, and to, to face adversity. He knows exactly how hard it is. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's the perfect one for us to rely on because he has been through it before. And that is something that most Christians do not believe. Okay. That is like, that, that just goes against, I think how they view him in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. But to me, that brings a lot of comfort because it brings comfort knowing that my heavenly parents have gone through what I have gone through. They, They know how hard this life can be. And they know how difficult it is. They've gone through the whole process of everything. And so they, more than anyone, know what it takes to get there. And he's not asking us to follow these commandments to be, to be a mean dad. He, he, he's not doing it to be mean or cruel. He's doing it out of love. 
because sometimes parents ask their kids to do things they don't like, but they know it's good for them. And sometimes it's painful. I mean, it's not easy for, for a loving father to watch his children go through hardship, to go through grief and loss and pain. It's, it's not easy for him to see it and to witness it. He, he watches what we do. He sees what we go through. And, and I believe that. And, and I believe that, you know, I mean, you can believe he is who he is. I mean, depending on your perspective on things. Um, but, but I truly believe he does what he does out of love and not out of fear. He doesn't want to embody fear within us. He doesn't want us to actually like fear him, fear him, because if you have no parent wants their child to fear them, but they want to be, a, they want their child to be a strong person, right? I mean, you want your kids to be strong one day, to be independent, to think for themselves, to be proactive, mm-hmm. to serve others. There are things that parents do want for their kids and the kids don't really understand it. <laughs> they don't understand why their parents are asking them to clean their rooms or to weed the garden or, you know, all those fun yeah. chores our parents made us do. But I always knew that they did it because they loved us. It's not necessarily Yeah, I didn't understand the reason, but I always knew that they that that they loved us and that they were doing what they thought was best for us. Mm. So, you know, I think sometimes we lose perspective on the fact that God sees everything. Okay, He knows what we're capable of. He knows our future. Um, and he, he wants us to be the best that we can be. But a lot of times human beings, if they have no rules, if they have no like standard set for them, they'll just, they'll just flit around and not really do anything. I, I think as human beings, we need, we need that, um, that center. We need that morality center that, you know, I think is needed. And sometimes the rules are not fun. The commandments are, sometimes they're not fun. But I feel more freedom obeying the commandments than disobeying them. And I I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I feel like being a good person is good when you feel like you're doing it out of your own self-need to be a good person. And I don't feel like I need to be a good person because I'm told to be a good person or because I know the rules before I do something. The 10 commandments are written and you're told to follow these things. So you're already given an outline of things you're supposed to do or not do. And if you don't do these things, you're a bad person. If you do these things, you're a good person. So that takes the whole subjectivity out of it all. I feel like if you do good things because you're a good person, you're a good person. If you do good things and you're a bad person, but you do good things because you're told that that makes you a good person, I think you're a bad person. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, I feel like you shouldn't need an outline of of, this is what makes a good person. And I understand, like, if there's no outline to begin with, no one knows what's good and what's bad. But I think eventually without that outline, I think we would have figured it out as a human species. I have more faith in us than a lot of people do that we would have figured this thing out 
because you can really deep dive into the Bible and there are roots of slavery and roots of all sorts of shit in there and horrible stories in the Bible. And I talked about a story uh, a couple months ago about cruelty in the Bible and like why people are being smited for dumb shit. And I'm sure we'll do an episode on that. And like I said, we've, we, we've gone long on this podcast and we, we try not to, but it, it's so easy for us to do this. And it, it, there's so many things. And I really do want to get your opinion on the next episode. If we should do religion, we should do uh, politics, whatever we could do whatever the fuck we want. And we could just have a good conversation. That's just how I feel. But there's just so much to talk about when it comes to the Bible. And maybe one day I can get you out of religion and you can become an evil son of a bitch like me. Or maybe, <laughs> just maybe, I'll become a religious person like you. And I think that's uh, like this tug of war we have going on here. Like, who's going to win in the end? And I think right now we're at a stalemate. And one of these days, one of us is going to fall into that pit and become one with the other person. I think we're going to have a really fun time getting to that point eventually. But like I said, uh, this this podcast has been a lot of fun so far. And uh, we've only done, this is our second episode here. And this one posts every single Thursday here at VoicesMisery.Podbean.com. And maybe we'll come up with a different link. Maybe we'll, we'll do something else. We haven't even really talked much about this. We're just doing it and we're having a good time so far. At least I am. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really loving the conversations. They've been a lot of fun. And uh, there's so much to talk about. And, and I get so excited doing these that I, I have so many notes and I don't even talk about a third of them. And I have to bring them to the next episode. And I got more for the next one. And it's, it's, it's very exciting. And I get a thrill out of this. And I hope you too. And I hope you do too. And definitely good feedback. Definitely very good downloads for these things. And I really enjoy it. It's so much fun talking to you, Bonnie. And we've gone two hours and 45 minutes. So we have shaved some time off. It hasn't been quite four hours. So I, I feel like we're headed in the right direction to make these things bite-sized for people to listen to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get we're to the it. hour and a half eventually. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, I feel like that's a sweet spot. But at least we got over, we did go over some of the articles that we, we did want to go over. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> that, that's better than last time. Okay. At least we were a little bit more focused this hmm. time. So, yes. you know, I think, I think as the more we do this, um, the more we'll, we'll find our center and we'll find where, where we're going with this. So. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And we both work. Obviously, we both work full time in these trying times. I know we're very fortunate to have jobs and it's it's just really hard to find time to like figure out format and stuff like that. But we will figure this out. I guarantee you people by next time we'll be more organized and we'll work this thing out. It'll be even better. And I think we got better this week. I think last week was just a, hey, let's just do this and fucking just let our brains explode into the microphones. And this week felt a little bit better and next week better we're just gonna get better and better it's just this thing with life and in anything you do in life the more you do it the better you get at it but yeah i am ready to to, to just do because because i'm old I, I let's just face it i'm old and i'm getting tired and i can't talk anymore but we're gonna do this thing again next week ladies and gentlemen this is the i'm the nerd and you can find me at voices of misery and uh yeah check out all our stuff here at voices of 
You know where the links are. You know how to find us. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We're headed towards 750,000 downloads in less than two years with less than uh, 300 episodes. I mean, by the time we get 300 episodes, we'll probably be at a million downloads. This thing is really picked up. We appreciate everybody out there listening to us and all the friends that we made over the time, especially Bonnie here. It's just a really, really sobering thing to think about. Uh, just the strides we made and maybe it's a blessing from God. Maybe I'll get there one day with the help from Bonnie here, but that's all I got. Bonnie, where can people find you? Um, you can find me. I mean, you can just go to my main website, addictedtoromance.org, and I have all my links to find me through there. Um, you find me mostly on Twitter at Addict of Romance. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, social media sucks, and I wanted to talk about that too today, but we'll save it for next time because there's so much yet to talk about, and I cannot wait to go down this journey with you and everybody else here in the podcasting land. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week on our Thursday time, whatever time that may be. We haven't even talked about it yet. We will come up with some more shit, and we'll be more organized next time, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you soon. Later.